0: inside florida racing enjoy florida racing
1: inside florida racing inside
0: florida racing
2: inside florida racing inside florida racing
1: good evening
3: everyone hello hello welcome back rob
2: oh it's great to be back i had a good time uh uh uh, she made an honest man out of me now
3: (laughs) (laughs) congratulations buddy
2: Yes, I had a great time uh, going to Disney World and uh, went to New York City. Um, It's funny, I went to New York City, and one of the places I went to was down in Wall Street at the Stock Exchange. And outside the Stock Exchange, they've got two armed with, like, AR-15 officers, New York City cops, Mm -hmm. standing there, you know, all guard up. And nobody's going up there to talk to those two guys. They're, like, up on three steps and... Uh, Everybody's walking around. I tell Brittany, I said, I I want you to get a picture of me talking to these guys. (laughs) So I go up there and I said, "Uh, you guys let me come up there and get a picture with you without, like, shooting me? (laughs) They said, sure, sure. So I went up there and got a picture with him. And it was funny. One of the guys races cars up there. Really? And uh, what do you think we started talking about? He started telling me about the bolts and the crate motors. (laughs) Really? <laughs> yeah, he started telling me all about the they, they got the we got the bolts for the crate motors and everything up here.
3: <laughs> you just can't uh, get away from the No, motors, that was just Andy. funny
2: that you know all the way up there in New York City, and he said that he let me he let me uh, take pictures with him because my sunglasses were Dale Earnhardt number three glasses. Mm-hmm. So it was cool in the middle of New York City. There's actually you know racers there. You know, so I told him about the website and everything. He said he's going to check it out. So uh, cool. If the officer's listening there, how you doing? Hope you didn't have to shoot anybody with them guns. No, I asked them what that was all about. They said since 9-11 they do that there at the Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. It's armed. and Things are really busy in New York. Too busy for a guy from Florida. People get in your space. You know how we don't like, people, like, in,
1: yeah.
2: we don't like people invading our space. Like, we can't get too close to Jack over there without him freaking out. Uh, he wouldn't bode well in New York City either. <laughs> I lived in
0: New York City,
2: dude. Well, that's why you got out of there. Where did you live in New York City? I lived for a year um, right
0: off Times Square. I mean, like, wow. just just three blocks, two or three blocks off of Times Square.
2: You know what you don't see in New York City is, is like, fat, obese people. There's no fat, obese people. Everybody's in pretty good shape there. I actually, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was, um, of course, I was young. What did you do there? when you were- I was
0: going to school at the time in, uh, in, in New York, right right off of uh, Broadway and, and 42nd. New York University. Yeah, it was it was amazing. You know what was the most the, one of the most amazing things that I remember from that psycho whole deal? Two things: one, going up on the roof every evening about sundown time, <laughs> going up <laughs> on the roof, ten twelve yeah, stories up. I got gotcha. you. And uh, the oh, other thing that like the weirdest thing was, we're right across from the theater district, right across the street from this whole line of, of, of theaters there on Broadway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. Here comes all the limos and all the rich people and all the people, tourists coming in, all dressed up and all decked out. They come in, they let all these people out. They go into movie theaters. They come or the movie theaters. They go into the the place. They come out, get in the limousines to leave, and lined up are all of the homeless people with their cardboard boxes and their paraphernalia, (laughs) ready to get the greats. See, it was all about getting there first to get the greats. So the heat comes up through the grates. I got it. Yeah.
2: Subway grates. Bizarre. It's always nice and warm down there.
0: Yeah, or you're sitting in a restaurant. You're sitting in a restaurant on 8th Avenue, and all of a sudden you think there's an earthquake coming, you know? It's It's just the subway going through underneath you. you
2: It is a strange place, uh, there's no doubt. Um, No room for any racetracks there in New York City, but. uh, definitely an experience. If you've never been there before, I'll say it's, to anybody, it's on my go. list.
3: I'd like to go and do a weekend up there.
2: You've got to go and you've got to do at least three days so you can so see much everything. to see, so much to see. Take a good pair of shoes that are comfortable. Don't worry about how they look. That's how, that's how you can actually tell a New Yorker when you stand and you look at somebody and you're wondering, are they from here or not? Just look at their shoes. If they've got new shoes on, because all the tourists that come wear new shoes on, if they've got new shoes on, chances are, they're not a new yorker because new yorkers wear good shoes they break them in and they wear them for a long time okay <laughs> anyways had a good time but i missed all the racing uh, you guys did a great show rex had a good time yes he did and uh got to cover a lot of stuff i'm uh, as far as me covering any racing since i've been back about the only thing is i talked to bobby deal and uh he said they didn't have a good showing of cars there at the race on saturday night uh but he was happy he was uh, in a good mood, and uh, I believe that they're going to have a, uh, a super late model race that's going to be coming up in May that they weren't supposed to have, so be looking for that. I'm sure we'll talk to Bobby before then, we'll find out when that is, and just hopefully Jack from Jam tells me that my motor will be done at the end of the week, so we can plan on putting it in next Saturday, so I'm excited.
1: Well, that's good.
2: What's been going on here, CC, since I've been gone? <laughs> um
3: i'm exhausted we had a kicks country's country fest yesterday so it was 12 hours of running up and down stage and out in the heat and uh we had a great turnout at one point there there was easily over 13,000 people there and so it was a very long hot day but a lot of fun um the guys from little texas were great and that's been about it i haven't really been to any races i went out for a couple hours to uh, charlotte saturday night to pass out some free country fest tickets and then I went home to try to get some sleep to get ready for Country Fest.
2: Jack, did you go to any races over the weekend?
0: Uh, actually, we went to East Bay Raceway.
2: We went to East Bay Raceway Park
0: on Saturday yes. night.
2: How was that? Tell me about it. Well, that, that was the makeup, correct? That was the makeup. Yes, it was. Um,
3: and Sean didn't fare well from what I've seen.
0: They had a, a packed house. A packed house. I was. The place was
2: full. And... Uh,
3: they had a big car turnout is what I heard.
2: Well there was tell the folks what we're talking about, CeCe.
3: No, I, I just um I, I saw some notes online that um they had their biggest car count for one of their races. It was
2: forty nine cars into yeah.
0: into the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series
2: event. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. United Kenny's. Ken Kenney's. Ken Kenney's. And yep. uh who was the winner? Oh, Johnny Collins,
0: uh it was his race.
2: You know what today is, don't he you? Took, he
0: took the lead. Uh, he went, He came from about six, six, six spot pretty early on, and uh, they couldn't catch him.
2: You know what today is, don't you? What is today?
0: It's the end of the month.
2: Oh, I know that. You know what that means? Oh, I'm means. fully aware of that. You know what that means, yeah. don't you?
0: I'm fully aware.
3: We have to start <laughs> thinking again about a new driver of the month.
2: Well. As, so he's,
0: um, as always, East Bay was extremely, uh, I'll tell you, very, very exciting place to go to always. I mean, it, it, it never fails to... Uh, they provide entertainment. There's no doubt about it. Um, Gene Lasker. <laughs> he could still... He's he, Mean Gene. As a matter of fact, I believe he may be on uh, Real Racing USA this Thursday night with Scott McAllister on uh, his Dirt uh, Weekly. I believe he's going to try to get Gene on Gene won the sprint car race, right? And uh, we were in the press, uh, the, the turn for a media joint over there, because uh, we were doing some stuff with TV Showcaster, who was at uh, tele. They were making, uh, filming the event for later telecasts, and um, we see. Uh, I said, I pointed out to Bill Green, who was calling that thing for TV Showcaster. I said, um, Gene Lasker's on the ground down there. Right in front of, the, just down from the flag stand a little bit after the winter circle thing, because mm-hmm. he was pumped. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a tough, tough race. He won without a wing; his wing got broken off in the middle of the race, and he still won. And he still won. He's crazy. Oh, he was full of it too. I yeah, mean, he was, it. he was on. He was on. He was pumped. Okay, yeah. you can imagine he's going around. Next thing you know, well, apparently, not apparently, <laughs> he did. Somebody decided to go after him.
2: What are you talking about? Physically? Come on now, Gene's an outlaw. Okay, he's got a lot of brothers. I'm telling you. It was it was uh, a little bit
0: exciting there
2: for uh, You're not gonna mess with Gene Lasker you will not come that was crazy to East Bay Raceway Somebody was crazy and mess with Gene Lasker. I mean, even if you can take him, man, he's got a lot of brothers. I asked the
0: police officer who had the gentleman in the car, and she she said uh, that, no, they weren't going to uh, take him to jail because it was a misdemeanor battery, and uh, they didn't do that unless somebody pressed charges. So, how silly is that? But it did cause Todd Hutto, I told him I was going to say this, it did cause Todd Hutto and the guys to decide not to have their uh, halftime tug-of-war pull out of the front straight.
2: No. Well, that's, <laughs> that's terrible. Gene, you should be ashamed of yourself for causing that.
0: But, uh, yeah, it was it was a good show up there, as always, and uh, it's a very exciting place to go to. I mean, it's, it's just, it's very quick, fast-paced, very, very, tons of people, lots of stuff going on.
2: So, see, I guess uh, that's a good example of it. Love you or hate you, just, uh, they write about you. They talk about <laughs> you. And you know that guy that hates him, he still went home and talked about that Gene Lasker. Of course, a bunch of fans
0: on the on the message board went crazy during the last week over the Billy Harvey Memorial. Some folks didn't think Billy Harvey uh, should have... They didn't think he warranted a uh, uh, memorial race. Billy, of course, was involved uh, in some things back in the uh, 80s or 90s or whatever in the, with the law. And, and they didn't feel that... But, you know, it really made me think, what do you think, Rob? I mean... It's kind of like the old thing with baseball and Pete Rose, you know. Does, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, does uh, does you gotta, are you, are you giving the guy a memorial race award a race because of um, of his what he did while he was a race car driver, or does the other stuff get in the way?
2: Well, you know, at that time and in those years, Jeff Choquette won the race. By the way. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. On the other thing that you were talking about, uh, that's that's a thing that we you'd have to do a show on and talk to some of to some of those individuals that were at that time. But actually, you have to look at somebody's uh if you're going to talk about racing and what they did in racing, then uh, they were still driving and it was still, you know, uh, that kind of a deal, so you know. You asked me what I think I I think that the guy should, you know, be, be able they should be able to have this uh, absolutely you know, well they did and, you know because uh, guys get in trouble all the time there have been guys in, in nascar and guys in uh, nhra that you know have uh, gotten in trouble junior uh, johnson jeff, jeff jeff gordon's uh owner uh uh there ray everham he not ray everham i'm losing my mind the guy that owns his car yeah. what's his name yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about the dupont guy the dupont family what's up there they they had issues and uh Whatever they were, I mean, they, they let him go to the side, and there was, a, I remember, a, one of the NHRA guys had issues, you know, and they still raced, and they still got to keep their awards. So um, I don't even know what, what, he, what happened to him. I'm, I'm speaking, you're, you're talking about, I don't even know what happened to him, uh, actually, in those days, what kind of trouble he got in. I'm really not familiar with that part, but as far as his uh, driving talent. Well, go, just about everything that was,
0: went on in Florida during the 1980s was influenced by cocaine one way or the other.
2: I don't think there's a
0: business, an industry, probably not a family who didn't have something going on with that in one way or another. Benefiting from it one way or another. There was a time in the 1980s when the banks, they did this, this little thing and they took all this money in. And they ran it through these machines. They couldn't find a $20 bill without traces of cocaine on it. Really? Yes. So that must have been what
2: he got in trouble for. Um, and uh
0: not saying there's ever anything right with that. I'm just saying, you know... <laughs> What the hell? No, you
2: know? no, and I see what you're saying. And, uh, you know, and in they a lot of cases... They
0: for them, They did. Jeff Chiquette won the race.
2: Well, there you go. And uh, I don't think... Uh, Tonight? Why, is there some people that are mad about it?
0: Yeah, there were some people that thought it was kind of dumb. Um, that was their opinion. And, you know, of course, they voiced that opinion. I don't know.
2: You know what opinions are like. Everybody has one.
0: What do we got here?
2: Well... Uh what we actually have here today is uh David Pollen Jr. Yeah, well David made his uh I'm
0: not sure if it was his first race ever on dirt, but uh, it may have been. We'll ask him. But it was if, if it wasn't his first one, it was certainly his best outing on dirt. Uh he courses David's uh one of the fast car or fast truck uh fast truck graduates of Bobby Deal's fast truck racing series. Right. Race late models after that, super late models, and uh, has gone over to the dirt side.
2: What's he racing on dirt? We'll find out. With the United Dirt Late Model
0: Challenge Series. Good run he had.
2: Okay, yeah, that name does look familiar. Now,
0: speaking about Sean Smith, your buddy.
2: Yes. I'm family now.
0: He almost. We're family now. He almost, were it not for the quick response by East Bay officials and safety members, he would have entered the Rich Pratt steering wheel throwing contest. Really?
3: Now, I I see here that uh, Rich actually finished fourth, and Sean finished 21st. So what happened? Sean was
0: running up front. He was running in, like, uh, I don't know exactly where, somewhere around fifth or sixth. And uh, he felt, uh, I believe it was Mark Whitener. I'm I'm pretty sure that's who his uh, ire was directed at. But uh, he felt that uh, he got... Spun unceremoniously, I guess. And
2: uh, what did he throw? Oh, he'd have probably thrown a fist. No, it at was he the Sean show.
0: Trust me, I got about ten pictures of it.
2: Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Well, you know, Sean we is one of it. Sean's a big boy, and uh, you know, uh, he's very nice most of the time. Mm-hmm. So they must have really made him mad. Oh, he cause, was very mad because you see, guys I've have never seen even, him that's upset. Right, that's what I say. You probably never even seen him mad, but. You know, when you're winning all the time. <laughs> he won so much It added year. some
0: spice late in the race. So they didn't
2: disqualify him or anything like that? No, his he? car was tore up. It had to be towed off. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I, I'm glad they allow, you know, a little bit of a show out there. Because all these guys that are racing in Ken Kenny's deal, he's got a bunch of showmen in there. He's got some real good guys that can be the show. Why is Johnny K driving a 36 car? Is that his car number? No, uh, his is 48. He's probably driving one of what's-his-name's uh, vehicles from down there in Miami. What's what's the guy's name? Harris? Huh? Not Harris. Th- 36. Uh, CC. Yes. 36. The, the the 36 car. Whose car is that? John, uh,
0: anyway, uh, Johnny I'm, Cake I'm won to find. the late model race down in Charlotte. Uh, Cody Pitts came in second. Imagine
2: that. Let me ask you something. Did not we have a late model driver with the last name of K-O-C-H? Yes. He was racing on TV in the Arca race. Blake, I think it's somebody different with the same last name, huh? Blake. I can't remember the first name.
0: Scott uh, Scott uh, Grossenbacher won up at uh, Citrus. Now they had twenty super late models up there for their their deal, and they uh,
2: Scotty won. Well, all right, Scott Grossenbacher. I like to hear that. Uh, on the show, the next person on the show, go ahead, C.C. Well,
3: we're going to have Todd Schmidt from the T.B.A.R.A. He's going to be on with us. Looking forward to you know talking I, with him.
2: I'm sure Jack's going to love to hear this. Todd is somebody else that I've known for many years.
3: What a surprise!
2: Well, as a matter of fact, not only did he do uh, some of these, uh, you know, not only being the crew chief there and all this other stuff with mm-hmm. Blaze Martin that he's done setting his car up and these other things, he's he was real good friends with my. First motor builder, J.R. Aikens, that used to build my motors when I ran the Florida Pro Series. And uh, when uh, Dave Fletcher was over at Speed World there uh, last year, Todd was working there before yeah. he went over there to see with, uh, with David Steele um, with uh, Lenny over at Classic Corvax. So Todd's been around for a long time. He knows a lot of things. So it's going to be interesting having him on the show. And uh, Kenny Dukes, Central Florida Wingless Sprints, he's going to be on. Uh, Raleigh Morris and uh, the Burt Racers from will
1: mm-hmm.
2: be on after seven thirty. Oh, we've
3: got the flagman from East Bay, Julian's gonna be with us.
2: And second hour will be George Gorham, one of uh State's top truck drivers over the last several years. Yes, he is. He's
1: pack
0: won show. a lot of
2: races. Yeah, sure. so, we've got
1: a,
3: so we've got a pack show tonight. He, he absolutely
0: great. is. George is yeah. one of the not just he's not just one of the best truck drivers, he's one of the best Racer, race car drivers in the state. Period. The kid can race anything. We'll have and, to find
2: uh, out how he's been doing this month and uh, see if he's. There's not a There's a reason we have.
0: Yeah, there's a reason we have George on. We're gonna see if we can get him to spill a little bit of it out here for okay. us.
2: Oh, but you know, Sonny Hartley. Intriguing. You were
0: talking about uh, Todd Schmidt. Sonny Hartley said that uh, uh, when he drove for Pritchard Truck uh, Salvage, they brought Todd in to be his crew chief, and he won many, many features and he said he didn't fare so well when Todd wasn't doing the wrenching.
2: Well, because he's yeah. a stickler for, uh, you know, details.
0: Let's talk dirt late models,
2: David Pollan, Jr. Huh? Let's do it. David Pollan, Jr., uh, welcome to Inside Florida Racing with uh, Bonehead here and uh, Miss Cece Brooks.
3: Welcome to the show, David.
2: Hi, what's going on? You tell us. Really, Ha-ha- tell us you're, about the You're race. racing in the dirt now. Uh, how are you liking it?
4: Um, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's a it was a pretty hard transition, but I mean, it's it, it's a lot. It's just so much fun. It's so much action that goes on. You only know, run, what? you only know, run 25 laps. It feels like you know you do 100 laps of action there. It's, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, I guess you're always holding it on the edge there. Uh, your tire bill's got to be a little better.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like we don't have to buy tires as much, which is is really cool, and then East Bay only being five minutes away from my house, it makes it really easy to go racing.
2: <laughs> yeah, so you were talking about the transition. What kind of uh, a racing were you doing uh, prior to getting in? Uh, uh, CC calls it getting dirty.
1: Oh,
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? I just went straight from my stupor on the uh, run to Soto and all in and Lakeland everywhere, and just got you know we've been built. We built the car, it took us about a month or two to get together, and just went out of there and just started traction with it and got pretty good with it
3: well david what brought on this change of wanting to go from asphalt to dirt
4: well i only really want to run Desoto and lakeland this year and it seems like we've, we had a like a six or seven week break between the races at desoto and lakeland doesn't start till you know we don't, our first race there until june so i just really wanted to race somewhere close and figure the dirt you know i've always wanted to run dirt i've tried it one time with a modified and didn't really like it, but I figured I'd give it another shot, and we, we put a car together, and it just, it just looked like a lot of fun, and a lot of my friends raced out there, and it's just cool to get the race against everybody.
3: Well, you definitely did pretty well out there at East Bay this weekend. You came in eighth?
4: Yeah, we, I, I was just happy to make the race when, when we made it through the first b and I just thought that was the most coolest thing, just to make the race. I, I really didn't care what happened in the future, just to be able to make it and i feel like that was 50 cars
2: yeah you don't get to see that very often with asphalt cars right <laughs> no
4: no so it was just, that was just the coolest thing for me just to make it when we got spun early, i kind of just thought it was gonna be over but i when i finally figured out what the line was we just got up on top and it seemed like cars real fast and we were able to come back so it made it a good night
2: now did you get rid of all your asphalt stuff
4: oh no 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 i'm I still have both my asphalt cars, and I'm still planning on running the rest of the year down in DeSoto and running all the the three races they have at Lakeland and, uh, you know, a couple more in between when we feel like it. I just, we just had had to fill up some time with, with, you know, with something, and I just thought the dirt thing was pretty much the most fun thing, you know, I'd I'd like to do at the time.
2: Man, you sound like you're living the life, brother.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Bonehead's (laughs) jealous.
2: Yeah, especially right now.
3: <laughs> he hasn't been able to race in a while, so uh, I think he's jonesing. Now, is are you going to try to maybe travel and do any of the other United Dirt Late Model races? or Are you just going to stick to dirt at East Bay?
4: Um, for now, I'm just going to stick for, at East Bay. I'm going to go run the asphalt race they run at Punta Gorda. I'm really looking forward to that one, and uh, I may try. I, they may have. I might try to race down at Cooliston. I'm just going to take it as it comes.
2: So, uh, who are your sponsors over there in Tampa that help you out?
4: Uh, Trademark Metals Recycling is probably my biggest sponsor and then my second biggest sponsor is probably be my parents.
2: All right.
4: <laughs> yeah, tra- yeah, Trademark's they they've been helping us out for four or five years now through the trucks and through the, now in the late malls. they they've been real good to us.
2: Super. Anybody else?
4: Um uh, well, we got my tire guy, Jay Strock, he's always there for us, he's been with us for a couple of years now, and I definitely wouldn't be able to do it without him, he, he's one of the well-known tire guys in the in the business, and, uh, and pretty much just my parents for <laughs> letting well, me do all this and putting the bill.
2: That's
3: right. Well, share some of your, your racing history with us, when did you get started, and what class did you start off in?
4: Um... I started racing go kart when I was seven, at uh, at Lakeland and Dirt Devils and and Sunshine, and then we took a few years off. My dad raced a truck for a while. Then I got into a Mini Cup. We ran that for for about a year, a year and a half, and uh, we won the uh, Future Stars Championship in that. Then once I then my dad let me start driving his truck, and then. From there, I was hooked. <laughs> he, he definitely made a mistake and let me drive the truck because that's what I got it all started. And we ran, like I said, DeSoto. We ran that series. And the following year, we ran the Fast Truck series. And we had pretty good success. We and I think we finished fifth in points in both. And uh, then we got into Super and we just haven't really won too many races, but we're we're getting there. We're getting close. We I think we've done everything but win down at DeSoto.
3: Well, do you like the challenge of, of driving a super?
4: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's I think it's one of the most competitive classes there is because everybody's everybody's got the same stuff, same equipment. You know, pretty much now everybody's ha- pretty much has the same motor. It just it's really competitive, and I mean, almost every everybody's within two or three tenths of a second in qualifying. So it makes it it just makes it real tough, and that, I I like all the competition.
2: Yeah, well, you know, racing in Florida, all you got to do is hang out in the back and wait for the end of the race, because there's always lots of wrecks. Always yeah. people tearing cars up. and uh, The dirt's no different, huh? <laughs> uh, well,
4: I don't know about that. The, I mean, the dirt, the biggest thing is is the wrecks happen a lot quicker. You can't tell when, like on asphalt, you see a car get sideways, you know they're going to spin out a wreck. So you start slowing down. On dirt, you're always seeing them sideways, and you don't know when they're going to actually spin out. So... It's a lot harder, and when you go to slow down on dirt, because you only have three brakes, you can you can spin it out real quick just by slowing down. So you just can't, you got to actually try to avoid it and not slow down like you do on asphalt.
2: Now explain to our listeners out here who don't know anything about dirt racing and brakes what three brakes is all about.
4: Uh, yeah, on dirt, they, they don't run a right front brake because it tightens the car up as you go in. And you want it to actually loosen up the car, so when you only have the left front pulling, it it like it locks and it actually pull it will pull the back end around, which will therefore loosen loosening up. Asphalt, you can't do that. You got to have as much stopping power as you can, so you got to run both front brakes.
2: Well, there you have it, Cece. Do you understand that?
3: I understood. Hey, David, did you have a problem? Um, you know, adjusting to the fact that when you're driving on dirt, you you do have to sort of like you know you have to tear off those visors i mean
2: yeah, what's it like to get hit in the face with a 50 pound <laughs> piece of clay
3: that's probably the biggest
4: thing i have to get used to i always mess with everybody telling them, you know i pretty much have to stop put it in neutral do a tear off and then take back <laughs> off again because it's so it's so weird you wouldn't think about how much you really i'm used to driving with two hands and that just taking the hand off the wheel it's a big deal to me. It's really hard to adjust to that.
3: Well, I think the more that you do it, the more you spend time in the seat on dirt, the easier it gets. I mean, that that's what Justin Choquette, when I've talked to him about it, you know, told me. It just eventually just becomes habit and you just don't think about it anymore.
2: But David, see, he was brought up there at Dirt Devil Speedway, so he knows all about those things. He's had to use them before.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it,
4: it was the first night I ran out because I didn't, I didn't know you had to you, my dad was telling me you have to wipe it, tear off and then pull it off. I was just pulling it off and I got a speck of dirt on it. I ran out. So <laughs> I've definitely learned to conserve.
2: <laughs> well, it sounds like you're having a good time, as uh, most of the other guys are, too, that have uh, made this transition. And uh, it's good to hear that you're doing both. You know, uh, um, that's exciting for you, and uh, I'm sure exciting for uh, the fans that enjoyed watching you race on the asphalt, knowing that you're still going to be doing it. because... I hate to hear that we lose asphalt racers to the dirt, but it's nice to hear when you're doing both. You know, uh, some guys can't afford to do that. But
3: So you're going to come down to a Charlotte County Motorsports Park the next time they're running super lights?
2: Um, I'm not really sure. It
4: depends on, because right now I only have one car that's actually together, and I'm kind of saving that for DeSoto. But in my spare time, i uh, you know, what little spare time I have, I am working on a second car, a second super late to get ready, and, you know, I probably will venture down
2: there and try it out. Now, do you have a job other than racing?
4: Yeah, um, pretty much every day. I, me and my dad, we, work on our, we have equipment on the port of Tampa, and we we're always either working on them or doing something, and we, we load ships, so we usually, when we, when we uh, load ships, we got to work 12 hours a day, so I just finish running equipment and work on it.
2: Well, it sounds like you're a busy man, and uh hope that uh, you keep that time for racing out there. And uh, if you get a chance, come down and race at Charlotte. You know, uh, I think you have a good time, and you might take that money, man. You might get that win.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to come down and try. Like I said, if I, get a, if I get another car together, I'll probably come on down.
2: All right. Well, it was good talking to you, David, and uh, uh appreciate you giving us your time. And uh, make sure you keep listening to Inside Florida Racing, and uh, we'll have you back on again.
3: Hi. Thank you for having me on good night david thanks so much
2: all right all right there you have it david pollen jr uh making the transition uh still racing the super late models on the asphalt and uh racing dirt finished Mm -hmm. eighth on the saturday night which you know like he said just to i think that's how i'd feel i the the first battle is making the show Mm -hmm. you know and you make the show with 48 cars there to make you feel good and uh yeah, you know, like I've talked about, I've never been the guy that's winning these big races. Anyways, I just enjoy driving, and uh, I think that they most of the racers that do local racing and the late model racing that we do in Florida, mm-hmm. they do it because they like it, not really because they want to win. They'd love to win. Everybody's there to win, but truth be known, only one guy's going to go out in the winter, and the rest, rest are going to, you know, just have the enjoyment of the day. That's true. That's true.
3: You have to really love the uh, love the sport of racing.
2: If you ain't first, you're last. Isn't that what they say?
3: Yes. <laughs> that is what they okay, say. Okay,
2: what's next? What's next? Do we got to take a break yet? I think yes, we're going to we take do. a
3: break. And um, as we get a break, just want to remind everybody that inside Florida racing, when it comes to uh, staff shirts for everyone here and, uh, and for windbreakers and jackets and whatever, we turn to fancyworkembroidery.com. That's F A N C I workembroidery.com. just look for their logo on our website and click on it and it'll take you right straight to fancyworkembroidery.com, and they do everything from racing suits to t-shirts to the staff polo shirts and all kinds of promotional items you could ever want or need or imagine they have there uh, just get a hold of them and talk to casey mays and she'll take good care of you like she does
2: us all right and uh coming up uh riley morris and the burt racers from auburndale is that so why not? I believe so. We'll be right back, folks. You listen to Inside Florida Radio.
0: The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you soon. Check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated and Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This is
2: Joe Irwin.
5: And this is Wayne Jefferson.
2: From Jefferson Irwin Racing.
5: And you're listening to Real Racing
6: USA.
7: Hi, this is Tate Pierce, the driver of the number 81 Chevy Monte Carlo Timbrink
4: Underground Special. And we're live on Real Racing USA.
6: At Port City Racing, it's about winning. From lug nuts to complete race cars and 12,000 parts in between. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned veteran, you'll find what you need at Port City Racing. Since 1981, Port City Racing has been producing winners, drag racing, circle track, and much more. You can now browse through our Port City Racing catalog on the web. View and shop online right from your race shop. PortCityRacing.com That's PortCityRacing.com When purchasing a technical product like Brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the Brakeman. The Brakeman has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brakeman are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado Calibers are the only calibers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number and their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to call the Brakeman on the web at thebrakeman.com.
2: Okay. All right, folks. uh, Yeah. Inside Florida racing, uh, that was, a, was quick, Jack.
3: We got a great show, Rob. A lot of interesting people we're going to get to this evening, and uh,
2: Rob, somebody
0: you missed, somebody, Cece, he missed last week. Oh, maybe. I don't think he was here when. Uh, no, he wasn't here. He missed it. The it's racers good. took over over at Putnam. Some people, because Putnam has just had oh, yeah. had management ownership mm-hmm. issues for year after year for a number for, of years for ten years. Well, yeah. So, so the, the racers got together. We talked to Bill Fisher, who is one of the the main players in the the new game, and uh, we talked to him last week on the show, and uh, uh, we asked him if he'd come back this week because they had a meeting over the weekend to kind of finalize everything. Oh, that's
3: right. They were going to decide, like, who should. So
0: we have Bill Fisher from Putnam County Speedway back on the line with us to give us an update. Bill
2: Fisher, uh, Rob Elting, and uh, CeCe Brooks, how are you?
3: Hi, Bill. Welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you very much. How are you all this evening? Beautiful, beautiful. uh,
3: So, what happened over the weekend? Yeah, they just
2: filled me in on this. I wasn't here last week, and uh, I'm familiar with the uh, situations that have been going out there for many years, and uh, I think it. uh, I think this might be a thing to come. Maybe drivers might start taking over tracks everywhere.
8: Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I will tell you, Putnam County Speedway is back. I mean, we are coming back like gangbusters. Uh, I was very, very pleased and surprised yesterday. Actually, yesterday, history was made in North Florida stock car racing. Uh, over a hundred guys affiliated with stock car teams were present at our meeting, and I chaired the meeting, sort of, between me and a fellow named Mike Butka. Now, Mike and his future father-in-law, Clarence, are major players in this program down there. Uh... But anyway, to make a long story short, I called the meeting in the order. I gave a short recap of what took place two weeks before. And I said, now I would like everybody associated with a late model to go over here. Everybody associated with a hobby stock, go over here. Mini stock, etc., etc., et, cetera, et, cetera, et cetera, on down the line. We had seven different classes of cars represented, and they did. They separated each other. There was no arguments or anything. And I told them, I said, now, when you get over there, I want you to elect somebody to represent your group, your class of cars. Well, it took probably an hour and a half, but finally they did it. And I went back and got the names of everybody who to represent them. And then I got these seven people together in a room by themselves and had them elect a, a chairman, so to speak, somebody, somebody to lead them. And it worked tremendous. It looked, it, it worked exactly like I had envisioned and like I saw it work before. Uh, I'm very well pleased. They, these guys, they really deserve an applause for the way they acted yesterday. Uh, there was no arguing. There was no discussions. And I was surprised at the people that they did elect. But I'm pleased with it at the same
2: time. So, uh, so how is this going to work out? How do you, I mean, now, now you know how this, you know, you've got your uh, chairman, you've got your uh, uh, representatives of each class. How, how is it, uh, when is your first scheduled race?
8: Uh, May 10th.
2: May 10th, and uh, you're going to have these, uh, how many classes now?
8: We will have, and I don't have the schedule right here in front of me, but the headliners on May 10th will be late models, uh, and they are going to alternate weekly with the open-wheel modified cars, The following uh, Saturday night, the open wheel cars will be the headliners, and that's the way it's going to go. And the way it'll work is, these seven people, if there is an issue in, say, my group, somebody doesn't like the tire rule or the motor rule or whatever, okay. Instead of going right to the manager of the track or the owner of the track, they've got to follow parliamentary procedure. And it's got to go before this board, before they'll even consider a change. And this goes for the way the races are put on and officiated also. Uh, And it's to follow a chain of command, more more or less. And in the top of this chain of command will be Mike Dutka and Clarence. And I expect them to be more or less like a benevolent dictator, uh they will have the final say uh, on if something has changed. And as far as maybe a discipline problem, which very rarely happens in a dirt track, uh, this group will have to met out whatever punishment they deem necessary, be it a fine, suspension, or whatever. Uh, And that's that's it in a nutshell. It's kind of like our... wonderful federal government works with the dictator having to beat Oprah. to be able to sign off on it say yes or no uh i might sound a little sarc- sarcastic about that but i'm kind of upset with our fed right now with, uh, with what <laughs> Our federal government.
0: Oh, I got you. Well, <laughs> yeah. There's only about 300 million people who agree with you on that. So. Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Not a problem there. What? Uh, yeah. What is? How is this set up differently? Different in terms of like how the track will operate. How is this different than the way it was, say, under the previous some of the previous ways the track was run? How, how is it different?
8: Well, previously, and I'm familiar with the last three years. Previously, and I'll start with the last year first. Uh, the person that did it have, didn't have a clue on what to do. Now we have people that have been involved in racing for close to 50 years, some of them, uh, some of them 10 years or less. But they know what's supposed to be done. They know that the racers have to be treated, treated fairly and the rules have to be enforced. And that was the consensus of everybody yesterday. That was one of the things that everybody said. We want to be treated fairly. We do not want to be lied to. Uh, If you post a purse, by all means, pay it. Don't cut our purse. Because, face it, racers don't make any money. I mean, some of them are lucky if they got gas money to go home. Why cut it in half? I mean, uh, and when you do that, the cars will come and the fans will follow the cars. That's my theory, and it works. So...
2: What else can I tell you? So, uh, so who who actually owns this um, dictatorship, <laughs> if you okay. will? I've, well,
3: I'll who right actually there. owns the physical track? Well, is what yeah, you're saying,
2: that's right? what I'm saying. Who, who owns track. the racetrack?
8: The track is owned by a gentleman named Phil Genovar from uh, St. Augustine, Florida. He owns the real estate.
2: How'd you get him to agree he, with this uh, deal? He beg your pardon? How'd you guys get him to agree with this? Because it sounds like. Uh, yeah, I, I think that it has a lot of pros and cons, I'm sure. You've had them coming at you, but uh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. and
8: Okay, it's it's very simple how we got him to agree with it. Uh, he's making a mortgage payment on this 39 acres of land every month, and it's setting stale, getting stale sitting there. So I approached Mr. Genovar, and I told him what my idea was, and he says, well, see if you can put it together and we'll talk. Okay. Then up comes Mike Butka and Clarence and they want to be involved they want to be a major investor and they are Uh, they have relocated from the Sebring area to Palatka at this time they are presently at the racetrack living there and I think they were going today to get the electric and everything turned on and apply for their licenses and do everything they got to do Uh, but they have stated that they want the drivers and the car owners to actually come up with the way to make it successful. And if there's something there that would be derogatory to what they want, why then, of course, they'll, they'll put the kibosh on it. But I don't expect that to happen.
3: Well, here's my next question for you, and, and this sure, is sure. It's sort of a big thing here. What is your marketing plan how are you going to promote this track and get fans back there in the stands so the track is financially successful and can it, continue to stay open?
8: It's going to be a slow, long process. It's not going to happen overnight. Everybody is aware of that. Now, we have an immediate, immediate day this coming Saturday down there, and there's going to be hot dogs, hamburgers, and all the stuff that goes with it. Well, there will be some race cars there. I don't know if we'll be able to put any on track. Uh, at this time, we are touching base with all the local newspapers. We have a gentleman who is very well versed in marketing. He's in the sales business, uh, and he has been beating the bushes. And believe it or not, he already has sponsors for one or two classes. He mm-hmm. has uh, sold, I don't know how many advertising signs on the building. Uh, we made a deal with the penny saver. We're going to have an ad in it, which will be in three counties. And I understand it's going to be a clip type of ad with a discount uh, general admission, and, which brings up another point. I'm not afraid to give away free passes to the racetrack.
3: Well, that's great, because my next thing I wanted to suggest with you, since I, I, I work in radio.
8: All right, and I'll tell you why. I'll give away free passes, and so will Mike and Clarence, because... You've got seating for 4,500 people in a grandstand. If you've got an empty seat, that empty seat does not go to the concession stand. And the concession stand, frankly, is where the profit is made on a racetrack.
3: Oh, that's and I'm in agreement with you there. But what I'd like to suggest to you is this. Contact all the radio stations in the area that you want to draw fans from. Okay, as a DJ, I don't tell you this. I love stuff to give away to my listeners. And there's nothing better than you have them come out if they've never been to track, if they're not in racing, to check it out. But then give them the tickets, the passes, to go ahead and give away to their listeners because then you have them talking on the air about your track and what's happening out there. And well, they can do, and that will get more people out there. Just oh, I agree
8: 100%. Now, uh, here's an example of how Putnam County Speedway has not been promoted I'm sort of politically active here where I live in St. Johns County, and I know almost all the county commissioners. And I mentioned to them at a, a picnic, a community picnic one day, and we had race cars there. We had probably seven or eight of the, our best cars last year come up to the, this function, and the county commissioners were there, and they were surprised. They said, "Well, where do you race these?" And I told them in Their reaction was, well, I thought that track was long gone. They thought it didn't exist anymore. Well, now, we are working. We are approaching and trying to get radio stations. We're trying to get some airtime. I'd like to have a remote broadcast.
3: Well, you know what? And live broadcasts are great, but I'll tell you what, they cost a lot of money. You're better off initially just... Um, inviting the different DJs out and and giving them a lot of free tickets to give away on the air, um, but unfortunately, you know we have to move on right now, Bill. We got to go. I, I wish you the best of luck, and um, and we're going to keep checking back with you and on the progress of the track in your new.
2: Somebody from there. that racetrack you need to put in charge of keeping in contact with us and posting on wow. our message board things that are going yeah. on.
0: Well, we talked to Bill. Bill. Yeah. Bill. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you again before. Uh, Next Monday night, and, uh, you know, as long as you guys keep making progress, keep wanting to get the information out, we'll keep uh, helping you do that, man. Uh Yeah, I
2: want to see you get that
0: place open. So do I. All right. May 10th. Okay, thank you very
1: much. All
2: right, right, folks, May 10th uh, will be the opening there at Putnam County Speedway, and the racers are in charge, uh, but there is a dictator, so be careful. And his name's Dick Buttkiss. Is that what his name? No. (laughs) What was his name? Uh Mike Butka.
3: Yeah, but I actually thought the same thing. I Rob. did too. So when we're he said on the that, same I'm level. I'm picturing
2: some big, huge okay, guy. Okay, we're going with...
3: to break now.
2: Oh. We'll You're, be back. Uh, you listen to inside Florida racing. <laughs>
0: united dirt late model challenge series don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history the united dirt late model challenge series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you soon. Check it out, uniteddirtlatemodels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated and Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes of America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA.
2: This is Joe Irwin. And this is Wayne Jefferson. From Jefferson Irwin Racing. And you're listening to Real Racing USA.
9: Hi, this is Tate Pierce, the
7: driver of the number 81 Chevy Monte Carlo Timbrink Brink Underground Special. And we're live on
6: Real
1: Racing USA.
6: At Fort City Racing, it's about winning. From lug nuts to complete race cars and 12,000 parts in between. Whether you're new to racing or a seasoned veteran, you'll find what you need at Fort City Racing. Since 1981, Port City Racing has been producing winners, drag racing, circle track, and much more. You can now browse through our Port City Racing catalog on the web. View and shop online right from your race shop. PortCityRacing.com. That's PortCityRacing.com. When purchasing a technical product like brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the Brakeman. The Brakeman has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brakeman are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado Calibers are the only calibers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number and their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard-use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to call The Brakeman. On the web at thebrakeman.com.
2: Check, 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 check. Inside Florida Racing, folks, we're back. It's uh, Rob Elting, uh, a.k.a. Bonehead. By the way, Rob, it is glad. I'm glad you're back, man. And, and I hope, uh,
0: I, I know you're just going to have so much fun now. Now that you have to stay home, you can't go out and
2: uh, make a fool of yourself out What's in you public
0: talking? anymore. Because you're married Well, I've changed
2: anyways. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm, I I'm very low-key. It's amazing <laughs> how when you do have a kid, it kind of low-keys you out big time and makes you, like, boring. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually, it has something to do with responsibility, doesn't it? Let's talk sprint cars, man.
3: Sprint I cars. love to talk sprint cars.
2: Kenny Duke, Central Florida Wingless Sprints. What are you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going great. Um, Bonehead here and CC Brooks. Welcome to the show.
7: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
2: Talk to us a little bit about the uh, Central Florida Wingless Sprints and how they're doing and how you're doing with them uh, this year so far. Well, guys, we seem to be
7: moving along pretty good. We were a little slow in the beginning of starting, trying to, you know, we got so many different organizations here at one time. But we're actually making some head ground here and uh, moving right ahead. We just finished up a race up in Citrus County. Uh, we started 22 in the future with DUTE winning it, and uh, that was a memorial race that we were doing for Bill Runyon. You know, he passed away here not too long ago.
1: Right.
7: So, uh, yeah, we had a great showing up there. A lot of guys from the TBRA, Lenny, and everybody else came up, and it was it was a quite awesome show. There's no doubt about it. Everybody still keeps raving about it, so. Hopefully we're going to have many more coming on like this. Uh, We are looking for, you know, of course, new sponsors and everything else to make the thing grow as each day as we go along, as we try to implement something new into the organization. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to take it one day at a time right now. But I think we're moving progressively in the right direction and uh, hopefully to revise Sprint Car Racing in the South again.
3: Oh, that's a great idea. I'm just curious, Kenny, I I don't know much about... um the, the Central Florida Wingless Sprint. Do you drive in the series also?
7: Actually, I retired from driving, and I just help out. I'm co-promoter with Carla Rudolph. Okay. She's uh, actually the president of the association and everything, her and Mike. And uh, I just came on as a co-promoter, and I'm also the sponsor of the series. Okay. So, yeah, we run along with that way. But I have uh, one car that I'm actually still running. I sponsor one with Jimmy Alvis in the TVRA. Help him out some stuff on his car, but... I actually myself had the US Army car.
2: Now Jimmy Albus has been racing forever.
7: Oh my gosh. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's racing when my dad was racing back in the gate.
2: <laughs> yeah, twenty one. I always remember him racing that, that red twenty one modified back in the day oh, over there at yeah, Sunshine.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's a he's a heck of a driver and a heck of a, a gentleman. I mean he's very you know, he's a very polite person as far as what I've seen and
0: how'd you get hooked uh, yeah. up, Excuse me. I was just say, how did you get hooked up with the military?
7: I got hooked up with them. I had actually my military program is basically a, let's say it's a charity event. Basically, all the money and proceeds go back to the Wounded Soldiers Program. So it's not really, for say, a sponsorship from the military. I mean, they actually do give me some, but it's not like it's a big amount of anything. But, you know, I'm not looking for anything out of that because what I do with that situation is, uh, you know, I started off in the beginning it was a charity event, trying to help the soldiers and stuff that overnight.
1: So
7: the data it- pressures here.
3: And can you tell me more about about the organization and what, what they do for the soldiers?
7: Well, actually, they just started the wounded soldier program here. Uh, it's been out for probably about four, four and a half months now. And it's basically a soldier that goes over, and if they get injured, they lose limbs, they lose uh, you know, eyesight or whatever. The funding is to help implement cost coverages of having you know static uh, prosthetic legs and stuff put back on and you know, arms and, and to uh, rehabilitate.
1: That's
3: a wonderful program.
7: Uh, Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, those guys do so much. You know, the guys and gals over there—they do Mm -hmm. so much for us every day, in and out, that we just do not realize. And I just, to myself, I just personally believe um, that—you know—the more that we can do for them, the better it is for everybody.
2: Now, 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 Kenny, I think uh, something that you might ought to get implemented from the army is maybe get a couple guns and mount them up on the wing. I'm sure Jimmy could. (laughs) Oh, there's their wing list. Excuse me, up on the, just mount them to the top.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Because <laughs> Jimmy's a good enough driver that as he's driving, he could take out some tires as he's driving. He I mean, take out
7: a few of them. I'm sure he could. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yeah. doubt about it. That'd be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, that it would... That'd be something we need to put back in sprint cars <laughs> in a little bit. That might help it. <laughs>
3: no, no, no. Wait, Not, wait, wait a a minute, more violence. No. We've we got young men you, that are coming to watch the races.
2: Imagine this. We're using whiffle balls. Whiffle balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? This is something new, though, is that if they took these sprint cars and did... Mount some stuff on them. Let me tell you, these guys could zoom in, do the tat 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 and take a left hand turn and be out of there in no
7: time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That
3: would,
7: it would make it a definitely increase the uh,
2: popularity for the fans to come to
1: you.
3: It's
2: <laughs> adding a whole new dimension. Yeah, I mean, that- it's great advertising for the Army, and uh, I'm sure that uh, they're enjoying it, you know, the Army guys to be affiliated with uh, anything uh, racing, because those guys are all normal people just like us that are over there that's the unfortunate thing is they're over there just like us and they're having to give their lives and um well i was just in new york city at one of the big churches down there and uh, they have all these ribbons tied on this um picket fence outside and Yellow i wondered ones. what it was and when i went up there it was all uh family members that have been lost and uh, the, over there and yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing how many are there.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: It's pretty bad. I mean, my son was over there. He went over from day one. Uh, he spent 18 months there with the 82nd Airborne. And just some of the things that he was telling me about when he came back, it's just, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it really is, you know, to, to think that these guys have to put themselves to uh, the things they have to, and then most of the ridicule they get when they get back to the States. It, it, you know, things have not changed pretty much since World War One, I, I guess, as far as being held by the public about, about things, but... It's so like I tell the public, you know, when uh, 9/11 happened, the world stood still. I mean, then everybody was on the bandwagon, wanting to, you know, to support the military, support the military. And then, then as it calmed down, then we get to the pressures of people just kind of forgot about it, put it on the wayside, or put it on the back burner and because of, you know, just just obligations to family and you know, uh, and just being in life itself. Yeah, uh, w- can't concentrate on everything. But I don't know. I just felt it. Uh, I felt the need for it, and I talked to the guys at the military. Uh, to the Army and talk to them took my whole program to them and it was very well accepted. Well that's so, great. It does great.
2: It's so, at least getting uh, the word out there and maybe uh, collecting uh, extra yeah. funds to uh, help these guys with these well, prosthetic legs and stuff.
7: That's what we try to do. you know with the race car with the money that I make with the car, whatever proceeds it makes then we're actually having new t shirts and stuff made up. So a t-shirt sells any kind of uh, that the car can do. I mean even special appearances whatever the car makes goes right back to them. I mean, we keep absolutely nothing. Um, well, it's, the, the car is supported by, uh, it's actually supported by Ernie Hare, Ernie Hare Ford. All
2: right,
10: Tampa. in
7: Tampa. Uh, uh, yeah, and the big supporter is um, Big Dog Motorcycle of Tampa. So they're, uh, they are put in a lot into it too and making some big efforts here. And they've got some new programs coming up this, in the next month or two here. They're actually going to be doing some charity event rides, and we're going to have the race cars and stuff over there at the stores. And, you know, and the charity event rides going to also be for all the money going back to the soldiers themselves.
3: Well, that's great now yep, you, you mentioned that um, they had a race up at Citrus yeah now is 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 that is that the only track y'all race at or no, do you travel?
7: No. no we travel around actually we go uh, several different places. We've been going to Lake City Citrus. Uh, we've got a race coming up in Orlando on the 23rd of May here. This is going to be the Rusty Dixon Memorial. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember Rusty Dixon he was yeah. black taken away from one on the motorcycle and uh, he was driving one of the cars for Rudolph uh, at the time. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely doing a memorial race for them over there as well. And, uh, you know, we can sure use anybody and everybody we can get to come out there to support it. You know, if you knew Rusty, you just knew he was a great guy. I mean, he just had a sense of humor and and just full of life. And it was just a shame to see it go.
2: Yes, uh, he was very young and uh, yes. had, had raced a lot, you know. And uh, his father, I'm, I'm sure that was very heartbreaking for them to uh, have that loss. And uh, Rusty, at his racing prime of his life... Um, that was very unfortunate. I'm sure you're going to have a huge turnout, for and that's that. going
3: to be when
7: uh, May 23rd.
3: May 23rd, Orlando in Orlando. Okay,
7: uh-huh. we'll definitely be over there, and I'll have the U.S. Army car and stuff will be there as well. And I'm trying to get some uh, more military people to show up. We're going to maybe try to get some uh, equipment for the military out there, try to get some tanks and trucks and stuff like that. So when the kids come over, they can at least see them because we're big oriented about kids and our programs and stuff. And You know, and and Mike, all along, and Carla both, is is like every race that we do, we try to bring something for the kids, you know, and we do bicycle giveaways. So, you know, some of the drivers may go buy two or three bikes, bring them back, and then we give them away to the kids in the stands.
1: Right.
7: So, um, you know, that seems to help things the program go along, too, as well.
2: Well, it all sounds great. Uh, You know, uh, Central Florida Wingless Sprints, uh, can they see them online anywhere?
7: Actually, they can, but the website's down right now because we're putting up a brand-new website. And it should be up and running probably within the next few days here.
2: Give, uh, give the website address just so they can write it down.
7: It'll be uh, the Central Florida Wingless Sprint com.
3: Hey, Kenny, um, after the memorial race for Rusty, get back in touch with us and let us know how it went.
7: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you a call and let you know how everything went down there. Okay. It should, uh, should be a good turnout and have some good races again, you know. But like I said, I want to, I want to thank all the guys from TBRA that showed up in uh, Citrus County up there. You know, we had Dave Steele, due uh, George Rudolph, Shane uh, Miller, it just kept going on and on. You know, the guys that came out and really supported uh, the Bill Runyon Memorial up there. And uh, it just turned out to be a great race. And we left everybody, everybody was standing and clapping when it was over with. <laughs> so hopefully we can just repeat and do it again.
3: Okay. Well, thank you so much for being able to take time out with us this evening and join us. And uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we have to go and uh, take a break now, Jack, is is that what that flashing light is telling me? No, oh, nope. Oh, that flashing light. That's, oh, yes. that's, exactly that's what. what
0: that means. Turn your <laughs> mic on there, Jackie. That's exactly what that means because we're gonna come coming back in a few minutes with Todd Schmidt from the TB areas oh.
3: See, Jack has got me so well trained. I see the flashing light. I yeah, know it's time Dukes,
0: for me to be quiet. Kenny
2: Dukes, you probably knows Todd Schmidt, don't you?
7: Uh, very well. Todd's a great
2: guy. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yes, we're gonna be talking to him about all his exploits and how he's helped out uh, racing uh, over the uh, last uh, what. 10 15 years who knows maybe more than that
7: yeah he's been around a long long time in sprint cars and stuff and racing too and uh yeah he's a great guy to talk to and very knowledgeable about the whole industry as well and you know he's kind of a smart cookie there's no doubt about it
2: <laughs> well all right kenny i appreciate your time and uh thanks for uh, talking with us here on inside florida racing
7: absolutely about anything i can do to help just give me a call all right and i appreciate being on the show for you all right good night thank you
3: well, Rob. Yes. We're going to go now uh, from the Central Florida Wingless Sprints. We're going to move on to the TBARA, and uh, we're going to be visiting with Todd Schmidt.
2: Tampa is that the Tampa Bay Area Racing Association? Is yes, that what that is. is? Yes. What an organization that is! Let me tell you, they the put best, on the best sprint races. car show you can see yep. in the United States of America. Okay, I said it. I said it. Not just Florida, the United States of America on asphalt. How fast do they go?
3: Huge And hugely popular. I, I mean, just want them to go to
2: Lakeland. Just, I just want them just, to go to Lakeland. If they go to Lakeland, to I'll, I'll go. If they go oh, to Lake, at
3: Lakeland. Only
2: Lakeland? Or, or, or oh, I bet they go 200 if they go to Lakeland. They go 200, 200 miles an hour.
3: 200 out. at Lakeland, really? Oh,
2: man. Lakeland's big, CC. I mean, if a late model can go 160 at Lakeland, uh, 150, 160, I'm telling you, those sprint cars would do 200. <laughs> 180 anyways. What do we got there, Jaggy?
3: Well, we have Todd Schmidt. Maybe he can answer that question. Todd
2: Schmidt, Bonehead, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I came in here and saw who was going to be on the show today, and I said, Todd, Todd, Todd. Known Todd for a long time. Sonny said
0: Todd. he couldn't win without you,
2: man. Yeah. A lot of people yep. have probably said that about him.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I know who he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Son, Sonny Hartley said he he couldn't win without you.
9: Well, I wouldn't say
2: that. He did. That's what he said.
9: <laughs> Uh, he, just, he must want
2: something. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, well, <laughs> he wants you to come tinker with his stuff again.
3: <laughs> well, maybe Todd can answer the question, Bonet. Okay. You put the TBARA sprints at the Lakeland Track. Mm-hmm. Will they do 200?
9: I don't think they go quite that fast.
2: 180. They
9: probably go between 175 and probably 180.
2: Okay. That's, that's 200. <laughs> that's 200?
9: That's okay. The problem is, is the, the wing cars would get probably too unstable at that place. And, you know, the problem is you need, with a wing car, it needs a lot of stagger to get around the corner because it's locked down. Right. And the, the hard thing is is to get it to go down the straightaway with all that stagger because so the car start wandering around because they're wanting to turn left all the time. <laughs> and that's the, probably the biggest reason why
2: they've never run them there. Now, they have run them in New Smyrna, correct? Oh, well, we run New Smyrna quite a bit. So there's not a... Whole lot. I mean, obviously, bigger racetrack, a little bit bigger, but uh, I bet you guys go 170 anyways there at New Smyrna. I'm
9: not sure exactly what the straightaway speed is, uh, but I know that you know they'll calculate the uh, the average speed off of a half a mile. But the half a mile is the inside edge of the racetrack, so you're basically probably running closer to uh, probably closer to five eight, you know, where you would run on the racetrack. And I think it calculates out at a over 125 miles an hour average.
2: Average, yeah.
9: It's going to be a pretty good straightaway speed at that place.
2: Folks, all I can tell you that are listening out there, you want to see a car fly. You want to see a really good race, a lot of action. Uh, go to a big racetrack and uh, watch the TBAR sprints. You know, any racetrack that they're at, obviously, they put on a show, but the bigger ones will really put you on the I edge don't of your know. seat.
3: I've, I've seen them up at DeSoto, and they sure look like they're flying around that. They you fly know, Blaze there? and Dave just seems like they're just, woo. ooh. Around that track
9: yeah. quick. I think in DeSoto, they said that uh, they've had a speed gun on them that was, you know, about 100, between 130, 135 on the straightaway.
2: Well, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing else comes that close. A late model might do 115 or 120 at the most, you know. Well,
9: so. you know, the sprint cars got, you know, if we didn't run the wings, like we run a non-wing race down there, it'd take quite a bit of the speed away because we couldn't run the corner speed that we run with the wing. And, you know, the corner speed... Uh, you know, that multiplies into a lot faster straightaway speed because you're you're running faster coming off the corner, so naturally you're going to be even that much faster down the straightaway. So if they run running without the wing, you know, it, it would probably be a little closer to the late model times, you know, but that wing locks the car down so hard in the corner that, you know, you can just you, know, you can stay in the gas so much in the corner that, you know, if you're running 20 mile an hour faster than you would without the wing coming off the corner, well, you're probably running 40 mile an hour faster at the end of the straightaway
2: so uh, tell me lynn um todd wh- what's uh what's going on with you and uh the things that you're working on as crew chief and stuff like that what are you doing who are you helping out
9: well you know dave Steele and i still are running together
2: All
1: right
9: uh you know when Liddy puglio uh was elected president of tbra he did not want to be running a car because he felt it would you know it would not look good and you know everybody would always be saying that we were getting an unfair advantage so uh Gary Green of Green Development uh, bought everything that we had, and we had a brand-new car that we hadn't even put together yet. We went ahead and finished that and uh, put the number five on it. Blaze Martin's driving it.
3: And how and is I that? Now, Blaze Martin, That's a young, he's a young driver. How is he doing?
9: He's doing great. He's, uh, he's not finished out of the top five yet, uh, even at New Smyrna.
1: Mm-hmm.
9: Never been there before. He'd run a few races last year in another car and, uh, you know, then we built this new car for him, and uh, Lisa Prey is his crew chief, you know, and I kind of help him out a little bit, but, you know, Lee's really doing a good job with him, and, uh, I mean, the guy's the guy phenomenal, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's won several, quite a few national go-kart titles, I think nine or ten national go-kart titles, and uh, that's what he does for a living, is he does go-kart stuff and builds motors, and, uh, man, he took them sprint cars like he'd been doing it his whole life, and. You know, with having him on and Dave on, you know that you know makes you know when you're working on stuff it makes your job a lot easier because you got good drivers. They make you look good, you know. But we're getting ready for the Little Five Hundred right now because Lenny Puglio still owns a, a USAC type car, and uh, we're getting it ready for the Little Five Hundred that will run here at the end of May. And uh,
2: is David I'm driving a, that?
9: Yes, sir. Uh, they, they would be driving the car force us the Little Five Hundred, and we're you know getting. You know, I'm working on the wing stuff right now, getting ready for – on the 10th, we'll be down at DeSoto again. So, you know, just trying to get everything in order and ready for that.
3: And I know they'll be uh, back at DeSoto on the 31st, and I think that's when we're all planning to come up and uh, spend some time with y'all and watch the race and – Oh yeah, Rob, was Rob here. wasn't here. Rob, by the way, we're all John, going on the we We're all going on the thirty-first to Desoto. Well,
0: Rob, we didn't tell you you weren't here last week, but yeah. Rob's uh, John is building a uh,
2: special uh, little. Tower there for us. For Are we talking about the dictator at Desoto?
3: Exactly. <laughs> yes, we're gonna have our we're gonna we're gonna be treated very special on the thirty first when we go up there, and it's gonna be great because we'll be able to uh, see Todd and Dave and Blaze and everyone up there with the TBARA and hang out and have a great time.
2: On the Thirty first. When is the Indy five hundred? The next day.
9: The Indy five hundred is actually the Sunday before the thirty first. Okay. Yeah. And we run the little five hundred the night before the Indy five hundred. Okay. On Saturday night.
2: Now, they don't. They televise it and show it at some odd, peculiar time all the time. When is it going to show on TV this year?
9: I, I haven't heard. I do know that it's supposed to be live on the Internet. Uh, at I, I'm trying to think of the name.
2: You know, Todd, we're not going to need the TV soon. That's what it's going to come down to. You just
1: need your computer. The,
2: the TV media is so stupid that they right. haven't figured out about racing, that people like to watch it, and that they'll tune in to racing shows and listen to us on audio, and and they'll, you know, now that we're starting to put these races up on the internet, um, people are just going to be watching on the internet. So where can we find this? Where do you think it'll be?
9: I think the name of it is GoRacing. Uh, dot com.
2: Okay. Uh, you can
9: find that out. Actually, probably what we'll do is it's going to be on the TBRA website probably in the next two weeks okay uh it's headline uh tom bigelow which was a usac star for many years has a lot to do with that and uh you know they're putting a lot of the races on that a lot of people want to see that doesn't always make the uh tv
2: it's unbelievable that the little 500 is not on tv every year live wow Uh, it's unbelievable
9: and usually when they show it it's on some like a
2: it's two o'clock in the morning
9: work and it's two o'clock in the morning and i guess you know everybody say hey did you see it? Uh, no, we didn't. You know, we were asleep. You know, and the shame is, is it, it, it's unbelievable. If, if people that have never seen it couldn't imagine it. You know, Maybe. the the race we've been running at Bradenton in the last two years, the Florida Four Hundred. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty good deal, but if you take the one same one? amount of cars, thirty three cars, and I'm put them on a quarter mile bank track.
2: Put your headphones on, Jack. It, Sorry, Todd. Uh, Jack's freaking out over here. You guys, are you guys <laughs> talking about the little five hundred? He's got to say He's something. He's excited. freaking all excited.
3: Go ahead, Jack.
2: Do you know
0: who Jim Hanks is? Jim Hanks? Yeah, he's from he owns mustseeracing.com. Uh, the name sounds very familiar, but yeah. I can't place it. Is I he going to show uh, it? I, actually, we got to get back on that. I got a call. I owe him a phone call anyway. He is um, he has been uh, kind of moving in the direction of of trying to negotiate. A thing so that they can broadcast because they do broadcasting broadcasting right. the Little Five Hundred live on the internet.
2: Now he said he was just telling us that Go Racing was maybe gonna do it too.
0: Well, I, I, oh really? What what what's the name of the what's the name of
9: the the website that uh, uh
0: must must see racing.com?
9: Is he is that the guy that's in with Tom Bigelow? Hey,
2: no, I think I think, I think no. Go Racing. Go racing is definitely one that has been showing races. Yeah, that's somebody different, I think. I, well, if somebody More does power it, to both of them. Yeah, somebody. Because what I was saying, Jack, Jack, you were out of here. I said that the the regular TV media, they're dropping the ball because more and more of these races are being broadcast over the Internet.
0: Absolutely. And, and
2: And people in Florida, at least, I know the Floridians love to watch racing, and I know that all these people up in Pennsylvania, these diehards that come down for the Winter Nationals, they would love to watch these races. And the little 500... Uh, There again, Jack, you weren't in here. We're talking about it being on at 2 o'clock in the morning every year. Oh, I heard all that. It's very aggravating because that is one of the most fantastic races to watch. You can't even keep up with it.
0: Yeah, I'm the only only race car fan that stays up
2: all night. (laughs) Right. You
3: You, you stay up all night all the time. Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. so he's actually seen the little 500 every time it's been on TV, but... uh, uh, well, I appreciate you bringing that out to us, Todd. And uh, you know, I, I hope that you guys have some great luck. Let me. T- has David ever won that that little five hundred?
9: Yes. Yes, he did. He won it in nineteen ninety six, and uh, that's actually where he got the moniker of being Superman, because he was running the Silver Crown race at Indianapolis State Fairgrounds, which is a mile dirt track that they run the Silver Crown cars on, and they normally run that race on Friday night, and it rained out. <coughs> it was Excuse me. They ran it on Saturday at about noon, and he took a horrendous crash, tore the car completely in half, couldn't even hardly walk. Well, they took him back over to Anderson for the little 500. They duct taped his uniform up at, the, at his ankle and filled the leg of his uniform up with ice because his, his knee was swelling up so bad. And he won the race that night. So that's where you know they did an article on it in uh, what used to be called Open Wheel Magazine. And they gave him the moniker of the Man of Steel and called him Superman because he'd won that race after, you know, getting hurt earlier in the day. And that's where the whole deal started with the Superman deal, you know. But, uh yeah, he won it then, and he's had it won quite a few other times and had bad luck. He's got, like, the Andretti luck there. In fact, a couple years ago we were up there, and uh, we were in the lead. Uh, we had probably a lap lead on the second-place car, and about 22 laps until the end of the race, it broke the drive shaft. And uh it's just been that's kinda of his kind of luck up there, other than when at the one time. He ran out of gas with ten laps to go one time and you know, he's you know, it's almost a point to where he said he almost expects something to happen at this point. But uh you know, we're gonna try to break the jinx this year, you know, we leaving no stone unturned with the car and you know, we do have the two Florida four hundreds under our belt, so maybe uh you know, winning those two might change our luck a little bit for it. But you know, we're hoping for the best, and, you know, like I said, we're just trying to be as prepared as we can be when we get there.
2: Do they actually let you use radios for the little 500?
9: Yes, sir. The only sprint car race I know where they let, you know, well, there's actually some USAC stuff that they let them run the radio. And, you know, we run a radio in the TBRA, but the driver cannot talk on it.
2: He just has to listen. So
9: they can, right. It's only so they can help them get lined back up or tell them if the caution's out or something. It's just a one-way deal. But, you know, we, you know, Dave and I, you know ratchet jaw on it but you know we have a lot of of information that we need like you know you know we run weight jackers in the car and when he's adjusting those as the fuel low goes down he lets me know what he's doing i keep track of it so when we make a pit stop we know how much to put back in it to get the car back to the ride height and you know just a few things like that let him know where he's at you know you know the florida 400 you know we were quite a ways ahead, and there were a couple people that had been out for quite a few laps and come back on the racetrack, and they were feeling pretty racy, and, you know, I just told them, you know, those guys are, you know, they're 40, 50 laps down. If they want to get crazy, just let them go because, you, know, you know, we were at the point of winning it and didn't want to get tied up in a wreck with somebody that was 50 laps down, you know.
2: How many hours so, does that. it take to run those 500 laps?
9: Usually around three at the most. You know, depending on how many questions they have, you know, but,
2: you know,
9: the, the little 500, because of the Fact being so small it's so crowded you know you just want to kind of stay you know you want to stay on the lead lap and you know try to stay towards the front and you know kind of pace yourself and you know sometime past halfway 100 100 150 laps to go that's when you really need to start racing because by then the attrition's taking place and several cars have dropped out and there's a little bit more race room and that's when you re- really need to start getting busy you know but uh it, it's a chess game yeah i mean you, you got to have some luck on your side in that deal too you know because it's just so many cars it's just so so easy to get taken out you know so
2: how many will they you know, start
9: 33 start 33 they're 11 rows 3 rows wide just like the Indy 500
2: and uh how many usually show up there todd
9: it's different different years we've had a few years where there wasn't you know the first qualifying day you know they barely had enough to make the field and then you know maybe another 10 cars showed up the second day but i've also been there when they've had 70 cars there trying to get into the field so you know, just you know, it it varies back and forth. You know, uh,
2: well, at least they're they're hitting it right about the time everybody's getting their checks from uh, George Bush. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe you'll have a full field.
9: <laughs> oh, I'm sure that it, I've never I don't ever remember it not having a full field. But you know, there's probably at least every year at least forty cars try to get into it. But I have seen seventy cars there before.
2: Yeah, I remember back in the late '90s, there used to be a bunch of cars that show up for that. They still run the big, huge motors in them.
9: Uh, yeah, you run we run a, an aluminum 410 engine up there. 410 cubic inch, all aluminum motor. Where down here we run a 360 engine. That's a cast iron block. You know, so the engine deal is totally different.
2: How much does one know. of them motors cost? About fifty.
9: No, a new 410 probably. You know, if we, we run nothing but dirty racing engines out of Indiana, and uh, you know, a new 410 is probably right at forty thousand. $40,000, 41,000. You know, 360 brand new 360s about 30, 31,000.
2: Hey CeCe, that's one thing you'll never hear. Yeah. Over there a little 500, you'll never hear anything like a crate motor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even
2: though they get these motors and they're in a nice-looking crate.
1: Yeah, they do
3: come in a nice crate. But, <laughs> but uh not the same but, thing. No, it's not the same thing, but yeah.
2: Oh man, when that? you see these things CeCe, when they unbox one of these motors.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful sight.
2: Oh man, for a gearhead Tell us about it, Todd.
9: Well, you know, thirty or forty thousand dollars. It needs to look pretty nice, you know. But, you know, when you buy an engine from somebody like Earl Gertie, you know the cal. You know, his stuff has been like about the best you can buy for years. You know, you know, he started back in the season. Uh, you know, all the machine work. You know, even on the outside of the head, the paint work on the block, the you know, the anodizing on stuff. I mean, it's just. I mean it. You just know it looks fast when it's sitting in the crate.
2: Yeah, see, and it's a nice advertising piece sitting in that car.
9: Well, That's it, you know, and he has a lot of pride in his stuff. It looks as nice as it really is. And, you know, there's some other people that claim to have bigger horsepower than a Gertie engine or whatever. But, you know, I, I've got to be personal friends with Earl Gertie, and, you know, one thing he tells you is, is he, he can get more horsepower out of it, but most of the times you couldn't use the extra horsepower because you can barely use what you got now. And, you know, he builds them not to blow up, and you just generally don't see those dirty engines blowing up. You know, they're my estimation, you know, the, the guy that we're racing for right now, Gary Green, and, when you know, the stuff we run with uh, Lenny Puglio, I mean, they'll buy whatever we want, and that's that's what we ask for because we feel that they're the best.
2: Well, good luck when you go to the little 500 and the uh, rest of the races that you're racing this year. And uh, if I get a chance and I'm back in Tampa, I'll come by and see you. I haven't seen you in a while.
3: And we'll see him on uh, May 31st up at DeSoto.
2: That's right. I'll come will see on.
9: you then. Get a T-shirt, you know. And, you know, we like we always tell everybody, you know, tell the fans, you know, come on over to the, the pit side if you want to, or if you're sitting in the grandson side when the races are over, come on over to the pit side because most of these guys got T-shirts and they got autographed cars and stuff. And, they don't, you know, they'll answer any questions you want about the cars. You know, we let the kids sit in them, whatever.
2: They're just so rich, they don't care about anything. They got so much money. <laughs> Just come on down. They're going to give you T-shirts. going to let you sit in the car. Hell, if you want to drive it, we'll let you drive it. No
0: Lenny. We want free beer.
2: Yeah. Lenny go will probably give you some free beer if you come down there.
9: There's, nobody really has much money because they spend it all on the race car.
3: Exactly. Well,
2: I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us tonight, Todd, on Inside Florida okay. Racing here. And uh, we'll talk to you again. And uh, good luck, like I said, uh Tell David uh, all the pe- folks at Inside Florida Racing are uh, hoping that he can win that thing, and hopefully we can watch it live on right. the internet.
9: Well, like I said, if you watch on the TBRA website, probably within the next two weeks it will be listed on there as an advertisement of what of, of the uh, the website it's going to be on, and uh, the time and everything like that, so that you know that'll help people out. Cause, you know, there used to be years ago there was an awful lot of people from Tampa went to the Little Five Hundred. And you know, there I've been there when there was 33 cars starting, and 16 of them were, were from Tampa.
2: Even Pletcher went.
9: Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and they, you know, Dave he go he go this year if he if he had a ride in it. Yeah. you know, but but when they
2: he's the, driving they, tractors.
9: They went to the big motor stuff, and you know we don't run those big motors around here. And a lot of these guys, you know, you know, and I, and I did it myself for years. You know, racing myself, mm-hmm. and even when I started having somebody drive my stuff, is I struggled to have a good motor to run around here. I didn't have forty more thousand to buy a motor to run two or three times a year. So, you know, that's why a lot of these guys don't go up there anymore. But the thing well, is, the, the, the shame of it is, is the best pavement sprint car talent in the country is down here.
3: Well, Todd, and, thank you so much for uh, coming on Inside Florida Racing tonight. You're getting and, cut uh, off, son. We're going to keep our eye on the little 500, and then we will see you up at DeSoto on May 31st. And I'm going to come by and get my T-shirt from you guys.
2: Yeah, she's going to change right there in front of you. Got to go. Inside uh, Florida Racing, uh, Todd Schmidt, thank you very much. Uh, folks, we'll be Another here. great guest coming up right back.
10: Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real
1: American Heroes.
10: Today we salute you, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor. Mr. Fake Tattoo. Through the miracle of hypoallergenic adhesives, you transform us from mild-mannered accountant into roadhouse biker hooligan. Hooligan. Be it screaming skull or thrashing tiger, you've got a temporary alter ego for any occasion. What else says, I love you mom, like a heart with a sword through it? so crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor Guy. We may not have been born to ride, but thanks to you, we can feel like it. Thank you, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor. Bud Light Beer at Isaac Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real men of genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Every year, you assemble your closest friends to prepare for another season in the knockdown, dragout world of make believe football. Four inches. You were born with the one skill every manager needs to play fantasy football. Absolutely no skill playing real football.
1: Not so good at catching.
10: Imaginary catches, imaginary touchdowns. Next up, an imaginary score with an imaginary woman. Good imagination. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, O Swami of the sidelines. You may come in dead last, but you're always first with us. Mr. Fantasy Football Manager Guy. Bud Light beer at Isaac Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. I'm Racing Movie Man at USA Speedway, and you're listening to Real Racing USA.
0: The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Don't miss your chance to be a part of auto racing history. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series offers fast and exciting dirt late model racing throughout Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in 2008. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series is coming to a track near you soon. Check it out. UnitedDirtLateModels.com. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Sponsored by Central Mobile Homes Incorporated at Central Sheds and Trailers. Homes America. The United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. This is
6: Joe Irwin. And this is
5: Wayne Jefferson.
2: From Jefferson Irwin Racing.
5: And you're listening to Real
2: Racing
10: USA.
6: When purchasing a technical product like brakes, there is no substitute for quality and experience. In the performance industry, no one has more experience than the brake man. The Brakeman has been designing high-performance solutions for a variety of applications for almost 40 years. The current products from the Brakeman are among the most advanced on the market. The Tornado calipers are the only calipers in the performance industry to carry a U.S. patent number and their new line of pads and rotors. The Brakeman Super Brakes are solving brake problems on hard-use vehicles, from police cars to ambulances and a variety of fleet vehicles. So if you're towing a trailer, carrying heavy loads, or just plain want to extend the life and stopping power of your vehicle, it's time to call the Brakeman. On the web at thebrakeman.com.
1: Hi, this is
7: Tate Pierce, the driver of number 81 Chevy Monte Carlo 10 Underground Special, and we're
1: live on Real Racing USA
6: port city racing it's about winning from lug nuts to complete race cars and twelve thousand parts in between whether you're new to racing or a seasoned veteran you'll find what you need at port city racing since 1981 port city racing has been producing winners drag racing circle track and much more you can now browse through our port city racing catalog on the web view and shop online right from your race shop portcityracing.com that's PortCityRacing.com.
2: We're not gonna take it. Oh. <laughs> wrong song. No, it's
0: The Kinks, man. Sure.
3: Okay, I got a question. Sure. Are, do we have our next guest online? Or you... yeah, so I'm
0: let's sure. get back to the '80s. No, no, we'll, I, we'll, I we'll go back to the question. '80s later. Now, last 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 month, one of our drivers we had on the list of possibles. Okay Was George Gorham Who's a truck driver Now Cece I I guess you did Like George last year He won the 200 lap truck race George wins races all the time Okay But um, we wanted to have George on Because uh, he's striking out In a little bit of a different direction And uh, we want to welcome George To Inside Florida Racing Welcome George
2: Thank you guys
3: Welcome to the show
2: Thank you So So, what's up George Talk to us
11: Uh, Not much Just trying to get some stuff together to get ready to go to lake city
2: how are the winds going
11: uh we had a i missed the setup i knew Smyrna a little bit and uh we ended up finishing eighth but other than that we won lakeland orlando so far this year we've got two wins and one eighth let's finish
0: now this is in the
2: fast car uh pro
11: truck
0: pro
2: pro truck series
11: yeah
2: (laughs) how how many have you won this month have you put together any combinations this month
11: no we 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 actually been off for the last three weeks because we have a big road trip coming up which is lake city and they usually have us off for a little while before we go to Lake City.
0: You got some um, for the you got some sponsorship. You got some good sponsorship now, don't you?
11: Yes, sir. I got. Um, I was introduced to Mr. Chip Lofton, he's owner of Strutmasters.com by a by a guy named Bob Israelite is of RacersImage.net. He's a driver. He's part of a driver scouting group, which uh, Racers Image is a new concept for marketing program. And they've uh, been looking at me for the last year. And um, when they were at Lakeland, I won my one Lakeland race, which was a really hard race to win. You know, it's been a couple of years I've been trying to win that race, and I won it. And Mr. Lofton was there with his kid in, in their Pro Cup car, driven by Matt Lofton. And uh, that's
2: when I was introduced to him.
0: Oh, yeah. That was the day of the Hooters race.
2: Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And, so uh, what, go ahead. So this went over a year? Yeah, they've been they've –
11: been, um, Bob's been – been around different racetracks watching me he'd been he was at the 200 lapper came up introduced himself to me seeing me lead every every lap seeing me sit on the pole seeing how i was with fans seeing how i talked to him before the race. um he said i was very very polite very um outspoken any, any questions he had i answered and um that's how it went from there. And then on when i went to um lakeland this year he showed up there again with mr lofton and they came over and introduced him to me and we ended up taking out another one that, that night.
0: See, see, Rob, this is what we're talking about all the time. There was a guy, there was a, a race car driver who, um, one of a very, very small number of really top-notch race car drivers in Florida. I pointed out to my wife one day when we were at New Smyrna. See that that young man over there? And we're not talking about George Gorham. I'm not talking about George here. I'm just making the point. Is that I pointed out to her how good this was, guy was, and she knew because she had read the stories about him. But he's between races, he's got his uniform kind of half torn down, he's standing there with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, yep. and he looked like a bum. And I pointed out, that's why that young man will never get noticed. you know. And we're telling guys all the time. Was that
2: me? You never know. <laughs> Was you, that me at the racetrack? No, it wasn't. But I you, quit smoking. You never know. With somebody or who is watching
0: you at the races, and the story that George just told, totally exemplifies that. That's
2: wonderful, George. Did it surprise you, George, when it happened, or did you kind of feel that it was going to happen as it was going on?
11: No, it was a, it was a, it was. Um, actually, it was a surprise because the more and more I talked to him, he was just a, you know, like a racer building a race truck. Um, he was just trying to get, you know, trying to information which I wasn't worried about sharing with him because. You know, somebody always needs help, and um, I was sharing information with him, and it ended up being a sponsor, and now it's, um, he's not only have, I only have one truck, but I also have his truck now coming to my uh, shop, and we're going to be racing his truck on off weekends, and uh, they won't be racing every single weekend for the rest of this year, but... Um,
2: I do, too. I want to see you racing every weekend so you can put together three wins in a row during the month so we can uh, have you back on our list.
11: Well, yeah, they um I mean we got some good tracks coming up Lake City I won every race at Lake City last year and I won every Orlando race last year and that's our next two tracks so that's where we go we go to uh, Lake City and then we go two weeks later we go to Orlando didn't
0: you race didn't you win some races earlier this year in something besides trucks or am I
11: yeah I won um, a couple street stock races at Arbondale. I won actually won every um every winter season race they had which was uh 12 of them I won heat thin features.
0: George, that's unfair. <laughs> He's a winner.
11: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Them Strutmaster.com, they're um, they're out of Roxboro, North Carolina, and he uh, he. I mean, they have a racing passion. They've been involved in motorsports for a long time. They sponsor Craftsman Trucks um, number sixteen, Mike Bliss. Um, they sponsored the Hooters Pro Cup cars, NASCAR Grand National Series, and late model stocks up there.
0: So is it is it possible that we might see you in something besides maybe a truck later this year?
11: Yeah, um I'm trying we're trying to work some stuff out right now. I I've been wanting to make my career, you know, trying to get a little I'm trying to get out of trucks. This year we're concentrating on trying to win a, a championship because that's one thing that they did say I'm missing on my resume was which is a championship. Um Last year you know i won, I was leading points all year and then right there at the end had some bad luck motor blew up transmission blew up two races in a row and then at, I went from first to fourth within two races and it was hard to chase that back because it was so you know the points were so close yeah but um we're really really working hard on on the season this year for a championship and um we get this championship you know it might take us um, you know the next step is gonna be a big step for me and also for the strut masters to um stay on board with me and take me to the next level which is well it, it's um i went up to um up there to south boston a couple weeks back with them guys and checked out their their um hooters pro cup deal and and it with them and went and checked out some late model stocks at orange county speedway which they that, that's their home tracks they actually sponsor the both of them racetracks truck does and um we're we're looking to do something like that or asa i got a few AFA racists kind of scheduled this year it hasn't come completely together because the car i'm supposed to be driving we're waiting on a motor but uh we were going to run lakeland this weekend but the motor didn't show up but um we're going to try to hit a few asa races this year and uh see what happens there and definitely run all 12 of them pro uh fast car pro truck series races
0: how much uh seat time do you have in late models or super lates?
11: um very limited um i i i've, I've Done a little bit of racing. The car I raced wasn't that good of equipment, so I mean, I haven't really had the best of equipment under me. But I have done some testing with uh, Phil Stefanelli, which is a number 40's Fast Time Pro Cup car at Lakeland. Mm -hmm. I've done that about, uh, it's been about eight months ago, and I I was obviously one of the fastest out of the six that was there testing. I just didn't have no money because he wanted 10 grand a race to race it. Uh we just didn't have the money to put together to do a, a couple races with them, guys.
0: Well, George, this is really good news to hear. You hooked up with Strutmasters. You know, I mean, uh, you know, of course, one of your biggest fans and, and supporters has been Billy Barstow. Billy Billy started pounding on me about three years ago. you got to watch George three or four years ago, you know. He's the one that really brought me to your, you know, your, you to my attention. He, You know, and we started talking to you and watching, man, and, uh, You've, you've definitely been accomplished. You won the 200-lap race, race at Orlando last year, uh, Rick Bristol's uh, charity race. And that was uh, – and nobody had anything for you at Orlando that night.
11: No, we was just we, – we really – Orlando is one of my favorite tracks. We're always fast there. And just like this last last time there, we started we qualified on the pole again. We, we actually went faster than we did on the 200-lapper for qualifying. Um, actually – pulled a bad pill, pulled number nine, and started ninth and actually took the lead on actually took the lead on last lap, last turn, under got under Austin Howe for the lead and won the race last turn, last lap. And, I mean, we were we were fast. I just, you know, was a little patient waiting for him to slip up. And, I mean, the second was better than first at that point because I was point racing. But when he slipped up, I just filled the hole and took the lead. And that's how, that's how that ended up. We ended up winning that race. And then this new Smyrna, we're... We're going to do a lot of testing there because we struggle there a little bit because the track has changed since they repaved it and we've we've been a little bit off every time we go there so we're going to do some testing in the next couple of weeks there on the weekly show to get the truck fast for the next Turner race
2: well that sounds good man uh sounds like you got a lot of racing ahead of you uh, i like to hear uh our show's been full of guys that are looking to race every weekend and uh that's always good for the whole program of racing because uh, somewhere somebody's gonna have George Gorham racing at their racetrack during the month
1: yes
11: so it's um, it's definitely something we're we're trying to get we definitely need a lot of seat time we're gonna we're working on we're gonna run the other truck on non points races and just save my truck for all the other races for all the points races and we're going we'll definitely be at a racetrack every single weekend well uh, probably next weekend.
0: Well, I don't have any doubt you'll do good in the late models, the super late models, the Hooters, or any of those things because, you know, we've watched guys come out of the trucks for the last five years in Florida. Um, a lot of guys who, who, you know, maybe not don't have as much talent as you do, have done good. So, I, I mean, I have no doubt you'll do good, man.
4: Yeah, I mean,
11: just for instance, Joey Coulter, he's up there in, in his uh, in a Hooters Pro Cup cars. It was in Concord Saturday night, and them guys sat on the outside pole. And, uh, I mean, he was a good competition when we raked with him. That's right. He came right out of trucks, and he's still young. So there's definitely, a, you know, room for improvement for everybody. And, you know, we just need a little bit of help from sponsors. I hope um looks like we found a good sponsor. So as long as we can keep them happy and keep them stay on board with, the, with us, and we'll be, uh, be good to go.
2: Yeah, and having those sponsors will help you attain other sponsors as well. So. Strut. Just keep asking, keep asking yeah. people for money. That's all you can do. It's just strut, Strut Masters is a good one to have. Yeah, strut on over, strut on over, and ask somebody else for some money. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, George, we're, you're going to be uh, definitely has to be one of the folks we're going to have drivers. We're going to keep our eye on for
2: uh, the Pandora, Pandora Jewelers, Jewelers Driver, Driver of the, of the Month. month. Uh, yeah. Do you know about that, George? I was hoping to
11: get it last month. I see my name on. it. I was like, man, that's got to be that's got to be a good one. Two in a row here.
2: It was and close. So
11: it was. I was like, you know, I figured it, it'd be between me, Firestein, or or uh, Wayne Morris. And so I was figuring it would have been between.
0: Yeah. Well, was, you didn't feel bad. You didn't feel. T- you couldn't feel. You had to feel good for yeah, Jeff.
11: It was. It was actually really, really, really good to see. I mean, he, I've raced against Jeff in back two, three years ago in trucks, and he's he's a really good driver, and he's you know he's works on his own equipment just as well as everybody else, and. I mean, he's. A, he, I wasn't surprised to get beat by him, and it wasn't a shock. I mean, I was actually glad for him.
2: Well, don't worry, son. Just uh, keep these wins up. I'm sure you'll be right back in the running here. Uh, not this month, but next month.
11: Yeah, we'll be we'll be at uh, Lake City the May 17th um, with the Strutmaster Chevrolet Silverado, and uh, see if we can't get that thing back in in Victory Lane.
2: Go get him, George. Okay. All right. Appreciate you uh, spending time with us on Inside Florida Racing.
3: Good night, George. Good night. Thank you.
2: All right, George Gorham, uh, another one of our, uh, well, how do, what do you call that, contestants, finalists? What would that be?
0: Uh? George, uh, George is just one of them good guys, man. He can go race. And, well, yeah, he—he
3: uh, you could consider him one of our um, finalists. For, yeah, the
2: finalist the of so. uh, for the month for, of uh, for, uh, March. Now, the month we, of April has flown by so fast. Um, we're at the end of April, and uh, we've got to, uh, we to do our – Inside Florida Racing, Real Racing USA, Pandora Jewelers,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Driver of the Month, uh, which culminates into the Driver of the Year, and as so we've talked about.
3: So then that will be announced next Monday.
2: Yes, next Monday we will have uh, – we're all looking at each other. Next Monday we got a lot yeah, of work to well, do. Well, I'm,
3: I'm going to have to, I guess, just um, tell you ahead of time what my thoughts are on it because I won't be here with you next Monday.
2: That's good. Randy Kyle, how many has he won? <laughs>
3: that's good i'm not going to be here
2: no no i you that, hurt my feelings. I didn't mean that i meant um that's good that you're going to tell us and yeah. i went ahead and answered before you said it <laughs> oh
3: no i don't automatically go to randy kyle come on
2: i know it's um, actually uh we're going to have to sit down and talk to our we'll other to media folks s- yes, as well
3: exactly Take a look. can i ask a question now Absolutely. A question? okay earlier um when we were talking with todd and he was talking about we we're talking about the racing radios and how i you know um on the on the sprints they're not talking back and forth when Mm -hmm. i've uh, monitor super lates and late models um, they are talking back and forth to their spotter where are these rules coming from that in some classes they can talk back and forth and some it's just receiving
2: way too much action going on for the sprint cars on the small racetrack the sprint cars on the small racetrack If they allow them to use radios, there would be too much blocking going on. And what happens is these guys' cars are are narrow. They're smaller cars. So when they run them down into the corner, they pick a spot, and they run into the corner. Mm -hmm. And the guy behind them, he he knows that there's no radio. There's nobody telling this guy anything. There's no question that maybe this guy has a radio man or maybe he doesn't. Nobody has them. Now, they can have a radio to listen to. To somebody is mm-hmm. what he was saying, but the driver cannot talk back. And in the sprint car racing, on the small racetrack, say at Charlotte County Motorsports Park, they don't have no time to talk nobody because they're from one corner to the other before somebody could get out. Hey, somebody's there.
3: Now I also noticed um, with United Dirt Late Model races when I've um, monitored um, their frequencies when I've been to their races they're receive only they're listening to be told how to line up
2: that's right Uh, the dirt cars um don't allow it in some races they do it just has to be um part of um that series rules Mm -hmm. and the majority of them don't because radios do cause issues of blocking is what it does okay and asphalt racing um like asphalt late models um they want you to have radios so you constantly are knowing if there's a slower car, you know, because things the, the, the speed is constantly mm-hmm. up. Um, the sprint cars, they're actually going too fast to be able to uh, actually uh, really do a whole lot of blocking. I think when you listen, you don't hear them doing that. You don't hear the... The guys telling him, "Oh, get in front of this guy," or this guy's trying to get no, around
3: you. No, no. Usually, when when somebody's talking back and forth with their spotter, it, it it's usually what I hear is who's coming up behind you, okay. and what's happening from behind, and then.
2: Oh, you missed the good stuff.
3: Well, so, no, I hear a lot of things I'm not going to repeat, but. Um, so
2: even during the sprint car races. No,
3: not during sprint. That's what I'm getting
2: at. Oh, well, I di- know what goes on during the late models asphalt. Give us some juicy there's... tidbits without mentioning names.
3: Oh, I hear the f bomb being dropped a lot when, when it's with with
2: the super late. No, it's it's, the who, it's who the, who the f hit me? Mm. Who the yeah. who who the
3: f was it? Yeah, who was or, it? And, 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 oh, that's and and it. I'm going to f, f, f and run him about, about Flagman and calls that Did you see um, how fat his and
2: mother was, <laughs> man? You just wait until after this. No, sprint. I've never
3: heard any personal com- comments oh. like that. But no, with the, with the sprints, it's basically about um, lining up and you know right. and when. And when they can um, and that, stay in single file so, until
2: that action is so fast and furious that it's it's better that they don't. Now at the little 500, because it being 500 laps and because of the pit, mm-hmm. you have to pit and you have to get fuel and you have to get tires. It's a necessity to to have that communication back and forth with the driver so he can tell. The crew, hey, I've got this problem. You need to fix it while come in. So they can be prepared in. when they come in, right? Because it, they could have a problem and then not have the communication. Then he goes back out and something breaks and three guys get in a crash and somebody gets killed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, it has happened in these sprint cars at the little five hundred that people have gotten killed uh, or seriously injured.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, because these cars do go fast, like they're talking about. There motor size four ten all aluminum motor. You know, Incredibly motor that fast. costs forty thousand. You know, it's going to have a thousand horsepower. Yeah, and they've got it on twelve hundred pounds or a thousand pounds. So, um. Something to see, most definitely. Uh, the little 500. Uh, we'll have to be checking with the TBRA website to see uh, yeah, and who's going to be showing that. And when
3: we find that out, um, you know, maybe we could also post it on I'm the sure. uh, on the forum so everybody can enjoy.
2: I'm sure Miss Carol Wicks out there working hard for the Inside Florida Racing uh, Hi, crew. Uh, there, she'd make sure to get that on there. Uh, and, I that do, and, and I do, and I will second
0: that. I, I got to tell you guys, um, like she does, she works a lot throughout the week uh, to make. Uh, contact with guests and do a lot of this organization stuff um, we're not going to have Julian I'm going to get in touch with Julian so because of time constraints we're okay. going to have Julian Mullis will be with us for
3: he's me. a very entertaining place
0: absolutely as a matter of fact it's really funny because last week he had people coming down and, and giving him uh, giving him uh, uh, getting his autograph uh, holding the program on the back of co-owner Todd Huddo's back. Really? So that they could, these young ladies could get a signature on their program. Aww. That was kind of cute.
2: And uh, Now, let's not sugarcoat this. This guy's nutso when he's up there doing the flags, okay? Yes. He is more into it than anybody he I have ever seen. him high,
3: so, high energy. So when so are we, we going
2: to talk
0: to We him? will talk to him next week. Okay. I'm going to give him a call straighten all that okay. out because we okay. just okay. do not have enough time tonight. We're going to talk right now. You guys have on the line Raleigh Morse from Auburndale. And they had. it took so long for me to get him on here because... He and his son are out in the garage
2: working on their race car. What else are you going to do on Monday night?
1: All right.
0: Raleigh,
2: you there? I'm here. This is Bonehead oh. and Cece. How are you? I'm fine, thank you.
3: Welcome to the show tonight.
5: Well, thank you. It's great to be there, So or, uh, wherever I am.
2: You're in the state of confusion. Haven't you figured that out yet?
5: Well, if you never know where you are, you're never lost, right? That's right. That's right.
2: Just always remember, wherever you go, there you are.
5: There you are. <laughs>
2: so now, he- tell us what you race.
5: Uh, well, actually, I don't race anything. My son has a—I uh, guess they call it—a modified mini uh, mini stock, and um, we run over at Auburndale pretty much. Uh, that's actually all we've run for the last uh, year and a half or so.
3: Well, Auburndale—that's um, the track you know we're we're coming up to on May 10th. We're we'll going be to
5: be—we
3: are going to be up there now. Um, and and Alan, what's your son's name? Since he's the driver,
5: Bert Morris.
3: Okay. And uh, how old is Bert?
5: Uh, Bert's twenty-three.
3: Twenty-three, and will he be racing on May tenth when we're up there? You know,
5: to be honest. Do you know if we're racing on the twentieth, on the tenth? I'd have to check this. You have to it's check. Okay. okay. Well, you know, so, hopefully you guys will be there. So, so Raleigh,
0: you've been around racing for a long, long time, from what I understand. And uh, you tell put me...
5: another couple of longs in there, yeah.
0: The but... long, long. <laughs> uh, okay. Just a
2: double long. Well, just, just well, fifty years. Give us, give us the thumbnail.
5: Um, I started going to the races when I was 13. I went to the grandstand one night, and then I found a car to help on, and I've been in the pits pretty much ever since. Um, I didn't actually start driving uh, until I was, I was like 29 years old, I guess, and that's been 31 years ago. Um, still crazy after all these years. Uh, It's been fun. Um, you know, every night's not Christmas, but... Overall, we have a good time with it. and My son started in go-karts when he was about eight, and um, I, I still ran a, a modified a little bit some when he started with the go-karts, but then it just got to where we couldn't do everything, so we put the, made him the driver, and he went from the go-karts up through the kids' club, and, and the mini-stocks, we started with that in 99.
2: So who's a better driver? You my, or him? My son. Come on. My, my question. Come on. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, we don't compete with each other, but he is he's, he's, uh, he's a little cooler and um, less excitable than the old man. So, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of fun with it. That's, that's the real deal to me with, you know, racing at this level. You just have to have fun. You put so much work and, and effort and time and, and money into it. If you're not having fun, you really need to do something different.
2: I agree totally.
5: And uh, you know, in spite of what a lot of these little league parents think, uh, NASCAR is not going to come calling. So you really just need to to go out there and have fun and focus on on what you're racing, not not the uh, all the stars out there in the future. You know,
2: that is so true. That only so many you know uh, make it. And uh, when I say so many, you can't even uh, get past your five fingers when you go to oh. count them. Yeah
5: very 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 few will ever ever go any further than your local short track which is a it's a great place to be if you can enjoy that you know
2: yes it is and uh we've all sat on the other side of the fence you know wanting to be the racer and uh, after you become the racer and you do it you do realize exactly what you said that uh, uh just racing in itself and the local aspect is uh enough to uh for a lifetime of memories
5: and we've we've had a well, I've had a lot of fun with it over the years, met some really great people, and um, still friends with most of them, I guess that says something, and uh, it's just been a, a, a really great experience, and uh, right up through the, the present time, and of course now the internet makes it easier to stay in touch with uh, the world and new friends, and um, keep track of, you know, used to how, I still get speed sport news, have for, for many years, but now you can take a look on the internet Friday night, Saturday night, whatever and, and see, you know, I have friends that race up in Ohio and uh, of course friends all over the state so you can take a quick check and see who did what.
2: So what do you think about uh, the, uh, the reopening of Auburndale and how it's run in the last uh,
5: couple of years? Very, very good. Glad to, to see it. Um, JT was a good person but JT was just burned out with it. He was in something he really didn't enjoy doing and you know, you need to have some passion about what you do in life. And he wasn't happy being a promoter. And uh, the people that that bought it uh, are in it because they want to be in racing. And, you know, owning a racetrack is about like having a race car, the old deal about if you you want to make a, a small fortune, start with a large one. But but they're in it and they're having fun with it. and uh, And I think they're doing well.
2: Well, it shows in in the races that they have, and the amount of folks that are showing up, and the fans that are there. And uh, uh, me, I always say I just like to see the track staying open. I hate to hear when a track closes up, and it always excites me to hear when one opens back up. And uh, even as in Putnam's case up there, if they've got a dictatorship that's going to run it, and all the right. there's a guy from each class that's going to run things, you know, at least they're opening the doors back up, which is allowing guys out there to be able to fulfill their dream.
5: Yeah, we, we're just not going to see. I don't think, anyway, any more short tracks open. Uh, there's just too many too many problems um, from the, the EPA, the financing, everything involved. And uh, people that have the money to, to spend to build a racetrack are probably going to put it into something that's going to be more lucrative than, than a racetrack.
2: Well, that's why everybody ought to enjoy Lakeland Speedway while they can, because one day somebody's going to buy that place up and build stuff on it.
5: Well, I live about five miles from Lakeland, and I've seen it go from uh, a large facility with a road race and a full drag strip and two oval tracks to to the much smaller portion of property that it is today. So, yes, you're right. You, uh, I think somebody has a sig- signature line on Carnac uh, about support your, your local short track while you still can. And it's pretty much the truth, really.
2: It is, there's no doubt. Um, so... Uh... Let's see what's in store uh, for uh, Bert. There uh, is he going to continue to race uh, we, we wanna,
0: modified minis? You know what we should do is uh, we're running short on time tonight. But what we should do is we should book uh, and, uh, and and bring back uh, Bert uh, maybe in a week or two and have him come in and spend some time. Uh, he can that'd, talk to us yep, directly. That'd be
5: fine. Yeah. And if you're if you're running short on time, that's good. We we really need to get back on the car, <laughs> but. Uh,
2: that's right. You got to work one of those many, many, many hours of working on it before you can race it. He's got a red light flashing too. Yeah,
5: yeah. The um, the hours that you spend on the car to to race for a few minutes, the, the, the proportions are way off. But it's kind of what you have to do. So
2: it's sort of like us preparing a show.
5: Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I talked to Carol Wicks for probably an hour Friday, <laughs> and uh, but very very nice lady, and uh, enjoyed enjoyed talking with her and. Uh, I got to blame that darn Hollinger guy for for getting us all involved in this deal. But yeah,
2: well, that's good. You know, he definitely does his part for uh, spreading the word about racing.
5: It does Rex is, is uh, we're working that, on that would be Rex faster than a speeding bullet, Hollinger, right?
2: Yes, and
0: and we're working on that's exactly right. We're working on a little thing here uh, that we didn't mention yet that uh, Rex is um, maybe doing a, a regular like uh, little stint on like. What were we talking? A little segment, I guess. A
3: segment, yeah. Yeah.
5: There's nothing regular about Rex, but. Well, that's that's true. Well,
2: well we're going to give him he was his a own very show. Nice guy. We need to give him his own show for the go-carters. <laughs> we don't have any show about go-carters, but it'd be nice if we did.
5: He, he has his own show pretty regularly, anyway. <laughs> All
2: right, Raleigh. We'll uh, we'll talk to you real
0: soon, man. You guys have uh, good luck over there in the next few weeks. All right. Thank you very much. Take it easy. Bye-bye.
2: Uh, all right. There you have Raleigh Morris and his son, Bert, uh, racers from Auburndale with the modified minis. And uh, the award. The, the award. award. So uh,
0: we'll, we'll get in touch. We'll, we'll okay. talk during we'll the week. And, okay.
2: uh, um The award. Who's sitting in for you when you're not here? Have you have you named anybody? No. You haven't named anybody? No. We should get the, you know, we should get.
3: I figured Carol would come since I'm not going to be here. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll
0: see. She might. You never know. We'll see. Now on Thursday nights, uh, actually on Thursday night, now we have uh, Scott McAllister, the drunken announcer,
2: <laughs> doing the drunken announcer show. No, it's southeast.
0: Really. Southeast, Dirt really southeast Dirt Weekly. Southeast
2: Dirt Weekly.
0: Last last week he uh, did the whole show with uh, Ray Miller, the promoter of the other series, that uh, Dirt Lake Model series in the South. Uh, the National Late Model Series, mm-hmm. Southern Dirt, Dirt Tour. He's been doing it for 14 years, and it was a great interview. Scott spent about 50 minutes with him. It was really fascinating. And, uh, yes, believe it or not, eh, there
2: may have been a touch of controversy, but not too much. So how's the uh, Friday night show? I got good reviews about uh, yeah, Lombard getting some interviews they're, they're, with people.
0: They're coming along, as a matter of fact. And last week they did actually did a phone interview during the show. So yes. um, he's uh, getting creative, um, and uh, that's good. So
2: along. Let me give a shout-out to Jack over at Jam Motorsports working on my uh, race car motor. Uh, should have it done. Be ready to race here soon. And work
0: you're going to go away this next week? Yes, I am. Go I'm away. I'm going to
3: take a nice beach vacation. She's go get work away. on my suntan.
0: And that would be, what, the May the... Th-
3: I'm going to be gone the 4th, 5th, 6th. I'll be back in town on the
0: 7th. Yes, and we're not going to be doing a show on the 10th or the 11th. 12th. Actually, is it the 12th is the date? I 12th. think we
3: talked about the 12th. Yeah, yeah. the
0: 12th. Uh, we won't be doing a show. That's,
3: it is the 12th because Mother's Day is May 11th.
0: Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you in a few weeks then.
3: Well, yeah. And we'll, by the time we we come back, we'll have to tell all about our experience so at Auburndale. We
0: need some feedback. The feedback at... Real yeah, USA. folks, com.
2: Uh, I, I, it's still, I haven't really kept up with uh, posting or, my uh, wants and needs for you guys to uh, to get us these folks that you want us to look at. If you well, want to you, nominate we, somebody.
0: Just to tell us whether our shows suck
2: or not. Uh, you yeah, know? yeah, that's you, fine. You know what I mean? Call us up and tell us how bad I suck. Because no, no, I know that, I know everybody loves CC and Cece, she she gets dates and everything you, from you, the computer. Such. I get nothing. I, and you, I get nothing. Nobody even cares about and, me. And you have a website over at Clear Channel and
3: yes, so um, w i k x dot com. Then just click on DJs and my name's CC Brooks and uh, I have that. And there's also a MySpace page, just MySpace dot com slash Cece Brooks.
2: I have a website called Rob Says dot com, but there's nothing on it. Yeah, when are you going to get on that, man, dude?
3: But, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know who you think deserves to be a driver of the month. And we look at everybody. Very seriously. Remember, look at their record. Remember,
2: who's winning multiple races in a row this month? Or who has raced on a Saturday night, two races at two different tracks on a Saturday night, maybe two or three weeks in a row? Or
3: maybe they went to one track Friday and another track Saturday and won both nights.
2: Yeah. Or maybe they won one night, and then they won a race the next week, and then maybe won two weeks later, because that all falls in the month. I want to see three yep. or more winners. Those are
3: winners, three man. or more wins in a month. I can't even win once. Put them in the running.
2: We oh. did decide, though, you don't have to be, you don't have to win
0: a month to win the year because if you think about it Rob think about this now somebody could have like one good month and suck the rest of the year but somebody could have lots of really good months but not be the top dog in that month but when you look at the totality of the year he could actually be the big gun
3: yeah
0: you know? I'm
2: looking for one of my 12 finalists to be the winner it could happen we'll see folks keep keep racing in order to be in this, you
3: gotta race. You gotta, you gotta
1: race. Gotta race and remember, you if race, you finish,
2: if you finished, hey, if you up. ain't first, you're last. That's hey, another cliche. J- just, just follow <laughs> Kyle
0: Bush's whole mantra: wreck 'em, but win 'em. Rowdy wreck Bush. But win 'em. It
2: worked for I him.
1: Love it.
0: Good Folks, you listen night, inside everyone. Florida racing.
2: Same time next week without CC Brooks. So. But I'll be here. Bonehead will be here. Jack will be here. and uh,
3: I'll be thinking of you as I'm yes. on vacation.
2: We'll be thinking of you, too, as you're basking in the sun. Drinking your
6: Coronas. See ya.